So the 2013 one, we actually didn't have a shirt. We should have Jeff like make one that's like the Lost Carpet Fest. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense or something stupid. But yeah, yeah. it's a 2013 Lost Carpet Fest t-shirt. Yeah. Why did we do this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your host, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to Morelia Python Radio. Uh, tonight we are talking with Brett Bender. Uh, we're going to be talking about Owen's favorite, rough scale Python. And Golins. Oh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I got oh, confused. You switched teams. Oh, I okay. did. I, I decided to decided that we needed something to jazz up sweeps as well as like boost the ratings. So <laughs> I'm going to take a, a, a dark turn okay. and betray... Uh, everything it'll it'll be very very odd and uh, you know it, it we may lose some fans but I think in the long run people will be a little uh, uh, into my my dark turn so yeah mm. here you go okay fair enough yeah. next you'll yeah. be uh, breeding IJs and all kinds of crazy shit I'm actually there, getting rid of all of my snakes and I'm focusing on spider ball python oh <laughs> <laughs> you know there is a super of that and um it oh is, uh, really yeah yeah and so oh, word right. word on the street is i mean you know oh yeah we've if, never if I, seen one but you know <laughs> if i breed my spiders eventually one will live right one will live <laughs> one will live uh, so uh so yeah uh so we're gonna be talking to him and um it should be good 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 because uh he was successfully bred them this year yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, it seems like um, that, you know, Ruffies are starting to, uh, you know, make a place, if you will. You're starting to see them more and more become more readily available. Um, there are, I think, about four or five clutches in the U.S. that I know of right? Um, this year. So there's there's a good amount of them out there. So if you're wandering around saying that you can't find rough scales, it, you're not looking. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So the rough scale python, just for people that don't know, Morelia carinata is uh, a medium sized python, and it's found in a remote area in the northwestern part of the Kimberley mm. in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, this was once a snake that keepers would only dream of seeing, let alone <laughs> to keep and breed it. I mean, just to see it. You know. This is this is my favorite episode so far. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I keep talking. You, I, I love this. I, have I, you I'm hooked in? I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Mm. You know, keep going. Yeah. So, Don't stop now. <laughs> so uh, you know, Owen and myself back in the early MP days uh, would uh, would be like that would be a species that we would never even see, not even at a zoo. Not even if not even if you went to Australia, is it something that mm-hmm. you can easily find? I mean, you have to take, you know, when it was originally found, they, they took helicopters to get into the area <laughs> because it's so remote, you know. Um, yeah. So, so and now here they are in uh, in captivity yeah. and um, in in Australia, they're kind of like corn snakes. Um, everybody's trying to just give them away. No, I'm just kidding. I hate you. <laughs> You know, thank God there's not like a reptile show that we're going to be like driving past that we're like, hey, let's go in because it would be so hard for me. <laughs> they, Welcome. Here's your free rough scale. Oh, thank you. It's like, no, it, 
Oh, and you can't bring that with us. But I love it. It's like, yeah, that would be bad. So, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it, the grass is always greener, and it's like they have an abundance of these things. And um, I can't wait till we get to that point here in the U.S. because then I can get like four more and not be poor or sell my car. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. But uh, it, it's really cool that they're really really cool animals. And if you've never had an interaction with one in person. Uh, try to like, you know, definitely go out and see one. They are very, very cool. I think one of the cool things that sticks out to me mm. is the carpet fest, the last carpet fest we had at your house. And mm. um, when uh, <laughs> my, just, my one mail was gone for so, the day, <laughs> so long ago, right? So long ago, um, <laughs> <gone to> go, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember everybody just being, you know, blown away by your rough scale pythons. And, uh, I remember people taking them out to, to hold yeah. them and, you know, everybody was just a- appreciated that animal for what it is, you know? Yeah, I can't, I am, I am on the fence for breeding this year and I can't wait to try. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So they're all mine. <laughs> all of them are mine. <laughs> So, uh, so it's pretty funny, right? Me and Rob, uh, were talking the other day and let's just say that, um, Oh, I went down. No, no, no. Did I come up again? No, 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 no. (laughs) Let's just say, um, I partaked in, um, some, some, uh, (laughs) some mind altering substances. Uh, Did you pull O'Reilly? Cause what he told us today, what he did, it's like, well, um, I guess we'll talk you down if it goes poor, buddy. But, you know, thanks for sharing. And, and me and, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kinda, okay. Yeah. All right. So me and Rob went deep, man. I, 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 <laughs> we went deep. We went deep. We talked for three hours, and we were talking about Australia, and we were talking why are we about recording these. Why aren't like why aren't these little NPR snippets? Oh God, this would have been the greatest conversation ever if we. I, I should have stopped the conversation and. Came down uh, and, and told, called them on Skype, but yeah, all right. Um, it was just we were, dude. I, I was so mesmerized by this conversation, and mm-hmm. we were talking about um, basically, you know, that how how crazy it is to and and we, well, you kind of did come up because I, hmm. we were talking about how you don't know what's about to happen to you when you go to Australia <laughs> and the chances that, you know, because I, I told him like, you know, we, t- we get on a plane and we travel halfway around the world. And the idea that you could go to this area and be mm. skunked and not find mm. anything. You know? Oh, 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 I'd walk into the water. Sure. The crocodiles were there. I'd like, I'd chum it and then I'd walk in. Are you kidding me? No. But, you know, the snake gods, if you will, <laughs> the herping gods, whatever you want to say, uh, shined upon us. And the idea to find this snake in, in the middle of this area, just mm. sort of there and being at the right time, at the, at, the, at the right place at the right time is just kind of crazy when you think about it. And... That's the that's the road we went down. And yeah. my, my wish was, you know, I told Rob this. I said, my wish is, is that Owen goes and we're in Australia mm-hmm. and he finds an olive python. Not mm-hmm. us, not like, like, not us. You find it. It's your mm-hmm. find. It's mm-hmm. you found that snake. And like, 
just like I found the Tully scrub and uh, um, uh, Rob found the uh, the uh, what do you call it the um, the big scrub. Right. You know, that was his find, and we were talking about that actually, and s- sort of the we sort of went we sort of went like you know what we were really thinking about on the trip and some of the mm-hmm. things that were going through our head. And I was cracking up because, and I don't know why we didn't talk about this, but I remember, I don't know if Chris was asleep, but I know I was definitely asleep. We're driving down the road and all of a sudden I wake up and Rob jumps out of the car and starts running down the road. So in my mind, when this happened, I'm no like, driving the car. what did I say? <laughs> like, holy shit. Like he's had enough. He's out. He's gone. He's like, I, I can't, you know, he's, he's pushing the car towards the cliff and failing out. The two of you are going to die. You and, he's had enough of you and Chris. That's it. See, if it were just me going, I think the snake gods would would punish me for uh, I, being me, right. and I would get nothing. But I'm bringing Keith McPeak is going to be with me, and the and the snake gods can't be mean to Keith McPeak. No. I mean, like, no, no, no. no. it's too positive a force <laughs> in po- the no. uh, in the uh, world of snakes. Ba- he perfectly balances me out. But part of me was part of me was like, I'm going to play a trick on you and Rob, and when we get there. Just kind of be all nonchalant, like, oh, yeah, cool, Australia. I guess it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you probably will now, just see, because it's see, all. See how long it mm. took for you and Rob to just have a, have a crisis of some kind? I'll be like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's he, wrong with this guy? He's not really liking it. I don't get it. <laughs> but um, but my, my so back to my wish. My wish is, is that you find an olive python that's your find. Yeah. That, like, and when you see it, you're going to be like, Oh my God, I'm outside and here's an olive python. It's not in a cage. It's not in a box. It's not in a tub. It's not in my house. It's out here. And then to follow that up is going to be like you head back and you're just so inspired by this olive python that you breed olive pythons in 2020. That'd be nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. This, I, would, I would love to get this more. This is my olive. hope for you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <sighs> but we went deep. We deep, went deep down the rabbit hole. Next time we do that, um, I'm definitely going to record it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did we call the NPR mini-sodes or whatever the hell? I mean, like. Uh, we used uh, to call it Morelia Minutes, but I can't. Those were taken. We can't we say that anymore because we haven't done it in so long, and now Lori has I, it on her on her YouTube. I so thought we said NPR moments. I guess we could do that. All right, whatever. Little snippets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So yeah. yes. So that's that's that. Um, I guess. Uh, Give the new stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's do a couple announcements. So. <clears throat> the next Carpet Fest on the block is uh, the Northwest Carpet Fest, and that's September 28th, mm-hmm. and that's in Seattle. Seattle, I think it is. Um, but you can go over to the uh, to their page, NW Carpet Fest, um, and you can get uh, details. I guess as they get closer, they're gonna they're gonna release more information. But uh, I believe it's at Doug Taylor's place again. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it should be that should be a good one. Now I was gonna go to that, but I can't swing it with the Australia so close. And I had taken off, but because of some things that happened, I had I had to work, so I'm mm-hmm. not, gonna be, not gonna be able to do it, um, which is a bummer. We're, we're very sorry to everybody who's doing Carpet Fest or who wants us to come places, 
we have to go to Australia first. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they don't want us to come. We're just and then, coming. <laughs> and, then, and then after we get back from Australia, we need to make sure that we're not going to lose our jobs immediately. And then we can start planning other trips. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Which would be the next one would be the Southeast Carpet Fest is mm-hmm. uh, February 8th of 2020. So basically it's the same weekend that it was in 2019. And it is back at Pia and Cody's place in Melrose, Florida. Uh, I know that uh, I've been speaking with Justin, um, and we're working on uh, a way to do the auction basically off of Facebook. Um, okay. and it'll be like a website set up and that kind of stuff. Their auction is benefiting NIDO virus research again, uh, and I think they're going to do a T-shirt booster thing, and that's going to go to US Arc. So cool. That's sort of those... Carpet Fest announcements. Um, Speaking of T-shirts, that was an excellent segue. Tell them about the store. So we, it took us what? I don't know. Just what, don't get into it. Eight, don't don't eight it's, years. It's, no, just, <laughs> so stop, stop. Uh, just keep going. Just yes. keep, just get past this part. So we finally uh, figured out a way to have a swag store, um, and um, we, we, we launched it today, and the link will be in the show description. Uh, you'll be able to click on that and check it out. Um, basically, it's just a way to support us, you know, get a short shirt. Uh, we got some other, you know, like coffee mugs and stickers and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, I'm going to try to, uh, go through my pictures and stuff and make some, uh, you know, like some cool posters of some carpet pythons. Uh, I was actually going to make a poster, which is the NPR checklist. And it's all the shows that we talk about as well as things you can do like, you know, high five Riley Jimison or something like that. And like all this other <laughs> stuff. Right. And then at the end of it, it's like the last thing will be going Sasquatch hunting with Owen. Like that's like the last <laughs> Yes. The last one. <laughs> so yes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I so I'd do something like that. Um, uh, you know, maybe a checklist for the NPR drinking game, the official rules. Oh, yeah. Rules. We should do the rules. The official rules. <laughs> Out of the NPR drinking The official game. rules. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Have a carpet python around a festivus pole. Uh, that, <laughs> you know, I, you the, know, the ideas is, are infinite. Just so you know, I told him that I wanted to have on the holiday show this year a festivus. Airing of grievances. <laughs> oh, this he should will, be excellent. He will not stop. <laughs> Every day he has a new grievance that apparently <laughs> will be aired. He also is quoting the episode directly. He just wanders to the office. I find Tinsel distracting. <laughs> oh, this I'm, is going to be great. This is not going to be okay. <laughs> this is going to be very bad. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh-huh. Oh man! Um, but yeah, we'll be adding more stuff. Um, uh, we we have uh, your T-shirts, your logo on a bunch of stuff. We have my logo on a bunch of stuff. We have the NPR, the current logo. We're gonna bust out the really old logo. <laughs> yep, like a vintage one. Um, we're gonna go through. We've added a bunch of Carpet Fest T-shirts from the Northeast Carpet Fest. So if you did not get a Carpet Fest T-shirt. This is a place to go now, and you can pick up that Carpet Fest t-shirt. You don't really have the color options, but... Yeah, you, you do. Did, you, you oh, do. shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do. All right. Knock yourselves out, people. So <laughs> if you if you don't have a Carpet Fest t-shirt or if your Carpet Fest t-shirt that you got got wrecked or whatever, or if you need a new one, you can go get them there. We're going to dig up some of the old uh, Bolanai stuff 
that we yeah. did. Sure. We're going to dig up that uh, Green Tree Python one that we did. And we're just going to start tossing them up. So there should be a ton of swag for you guys to go get. Because um, I did like how uh, you stand at a show like at Tinley Park and I see a ton of Carpet Fest t-shirts, NPR t-shirts, the the NPR Bolanai t-shirts. Like they, they're all over the place. So I would like to see that kind of stuff going as well as some more stuff. And, you know, we have some other designs and other stuff like that that we might want to try to throw out there for everybody. Plus... If this works out, this will how this will be how we'll do um, Carpet Fest t-shirts later on. But we'll get there when we get there. So we'll see what's up. Yep. So there you go. Um, and I, I will make this announcement because me and Owen, um, you know, last year we were kind of like a lot of stuff was going on between both of us um, personally and stuff. Not not with me and you personally, but. In our I lives, hate, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> in our I personal lives, don't want anything have to do with you. The, the love is gone. Which I'm just doing. <laughs> really, this is really just for the kids at this point. I mean, yeah. we put yeah. on the front, but you we know, put on the front. I'm, I'm glad we're airing this all out in yes. the open. Yeah, um, but uh, living a lie. <laughs> we're gonna put together. Um, you know. And this is all in fun. This is all in fun. But um, who you know, said it? Who said it? Who so do we have to kill? Our good friends over at THP, their their what? new Carpet Fest base is the Southern Carp South Southeast Carpet Fest, right? Yeah. And um, you know, which is an awesome Carpet Fest, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I had a great time, and I, I will be attending again in 2020. Okay. Um, but we gotta we we gotta up the game, bro. We yeah. gotta we gotta up the yeah. game because. Yeah. You know, this is our baby. You can't have somebody come along and steal your baby. You know what I mean? I know. So we're going to assassinate Ian Bissell. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and Ian Bissell does a great job. Yes, he in, does. Um, he is, he is everything very he good. touches, and yes. they do a great job. And I'm not taking it away from it, any any of that at all because I'm super proud that you know this idea that we started years ago. That they time took ago, that football and ran it and like ran that it. was yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different this year, and we're gonna we got some things to think about. Um, but we need to assemble a team of assassins. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We're not killing anybody. No. 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 Think. All right. But we need to get people to kind of share the load a little bit. And we kind of sat here, Eric and I, and realized that there are a ton of reptile people right near us. Yes. And we've been very kind by not putting you people to work. So what we're doing is we're looking for volunteers who would want to help us out with the planning and execution of the Northeast Carpet Fest. Ideas, you know, some, you know, anything like that. So, so we're going to, if you're interested in doing something like that, you can contact Miro on Facebook. If you want to message us, Instagram, whatever info at Murray Python radio email, however you want to get in touch with us. However, you know, we're going to, you're going to have to be able to, you know, if we're going to go on, do this auction thing and all that, it's going to require some, some help. We're not going to be able to do it You cannot come to Carpet Fest and get so stinking drunk that you cannot help us. That will be detrimental. <laughs> you have to at least do something first. Then me, you can get, get obliterated. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. me and Owen, we're talking about some ideas. Yep. We're not going to reveal them on air. No. Uh, because people are listening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we're just we're 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 going to uh, we're going to take it up to the next level. So um, so if you're interested, get in touch with us. 
obviously you have to be somewhat local because at some point we're going to get together. We could do, uh, you know, over the phone calls or whatever, but. Um, We'd like it to be local because we're going to have to help yeah. out with setting up Eric's place. We're going to have to help out with uh, getting supplies. And it's a lot easier if you're familiar with the area or in and around the area. So, yeah. yeah. So there's that. So if you're interested in that and you're local, get in touch with us and yeah. uh, we'll we'll go from there. But um, three, three words. Hobbit fighting ring. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of um, of chatting with you, and our good friend Scott is calling us from Australia. Wrong. It's wrong. Um, wrong. It's... He picked the wrong day. I thought we wrong were supposed day. to talk something. That's next week. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. It seems like every time you try to call me, I miss your call. And I swear to God, it's not on purpose. But we chatted for a while. And the good thing is, is that... Next week's episode, which I guess we can talk about it early. Um, I guess, yeah. It's going to be uh, Scott Scott Eper. He's going to be joining us, and he's going to be talking about, you know, so basically like Rob, uh, it's not like we did it, but like Rob really put together an itinerary for the trip, which, by the way, he's amazing at. Um, and uh, the animals that we could possibly see and whatnot. So Scott's going to come on and kind of give us like the pre Australia trip of NPR um, and and tell us like where we would find these animals, the microhabitats, what they're doing, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be great. If you're into Australian reptiles, this is going to be a uh, an awesome episode because Scott, he's been all around Australia. He's seen mm. all, I mean, he's seen all, all kinds of reptiles. When it comes to herping, dude's amazing. Um, and uh, I can't wait to talk to him about it. So uh, so there's that. Uh, what else do we got? So Owen, yes, you had uh, you've been waiting for it forever. Well, let yep. me say this first. Go ahead. So Nick hatched out. He proved yes. out a double recessive stone wash genetic stripe. <laughs> and if people remember, about five years ago, this guy, his name is Paul Crawford. He hatched out these unusual striped bread lie. And everybody thought that there were some kind of new more for something. And, you know, I remember Nick, he bought, I don't know if he bought basically the clutch or if he bought <laughs> one of them <laughs> with, you know, kind of like thinking that there was something there. However, it turned out that they were um, stonewash head, double head. It was a double head, stonewash and genetic stripe. Um, okay. So he proved it out. So that's, that's pretty awesome that that project, uh, you know, came to where it is. And, you know, that just goes to show, like, if you're going <laughs> to, some of these projects that you get into, especially with bread lie, it takes so long, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you know, they take a little longer uh, to grow up to adulthood to where you can breed them. And the dedication that you have to have to, to, to have a project like that go is, uh, is, is pretty well. But we all know Nick. He's been breeding ivories for 20-something years and... You know what I mean? It's to the pedigree is like two pages on a, you know what I mean? It's two Here's a pages book. long. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. So um, speaking no, of no. bread lie. Speaking of bread lie. So, you know, yeah, I saw that and that's awesome. Um, speaking of bread lie, I hatched 22 baby bread lie over here. Um, Riley was correct and he has magical powers. There were nine males and 13 females. So. Wow. Yeah, dude, they're fat babies. I mean. Oh my God, they are fat babies. Um, it's really cool to have like little ones again. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. Um, so they're here, and 
that they're just they're awesome. And then it's funny because uh, I was sitting there and I'm like, I don't their their father is a stonewash from you, okay. and the mother's a LASIK. So people are always saying, hey, you know, LASIK, uh, there could be some stonewash genes. So I'm like taking my time and checking out each baby to make sure that there's no like stonewash or freckle or whatever the hell. I'm like, well, what that what what do baby stonewash look like? Like how obvious is it? And then Eric Kohler <laughs> just had a clutch um, today, I think. Yes. And it turns out that both his animals were at Stonewash, so those babies can fly. And I'm like, oh, that's what a baby Stonewash looks like. Yes. No, I don't have those. Okay. <laughs> but they're at. So that's good. Yes. They are 100% het. Yeah. And they're, I'm like already like, all right, so let's break you guys apart and start feed trials. I'm like, no, too soon. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> but it they're they're really cool um and i kind of can't wait for those things to get off the ground so awesome. awesome yeah very cool and and i did have uh other buddy came over on sunday okay yeah and to help out with uh he had me sex a pair of bread lie that i sold him and some gray bands uh and then he dropped off a uh mbb line red stripe from a tiger to an MBB. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I'm so proud that I pushed him so hard to get here. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are stunning animals. Um, the one he kept that he wouldn't let me keep. Um, I almost like hit him with a chair and took it because it, they're phenomenal. I have to send you pictures. Um, but it just goes to it's just another thing where I'm like, I don't need MBB reds. I have other reds. I need other things. Holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am wrong. I've been wrong the entire time. It's like it's the whole Russian red tiger thing again. I don't need Russian red tigers. Holy shit. It's like it, I really got to stop saying that about coastals. It just doesn't end well. I just need to go get the Port Douglas and the Rockhampton so, and shop. <laughs> yeah. So. It was on actually on THP, and they were, and it was our our buddy uh, Brandon Wheeler. Um, he was talking about he, I guess he's doing some breeding loans with Nick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's so funny how I got this from Nick too. Like when you have too many animals, you kind of ship some out to people. Yeah, <laughs> and I get I got a shipment going to Riley, and you know if you're in the inner circle, you get shipments of snakes. Yeah, me, you know, <laughs> just like here, take this, you know. Um, I'm sitting here right now. I'm like, well, who like I have a male zebra that's got nothing to do, and I'm like, I'm like, does anybody need you? <laughs> like, get out of here, right? <sighs> hmm. You know, and um, the 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 cool thing about that is like, whenever I do something like that, I, I don't know about you, Owen, but like, I I I basically am giving you that snake. You know what I mean? I know I, that I, <laughs> people are said, you know, <laughs> it's still your snake, but no, no, I, I'm basically giving you that snake. And then, you know, when you make babies or whatever, then you know, you, you get yeah. something back. And uh, who knows? I might not even want any babies or whatever. That's the but, whole thing. It's like, listen, dude, I haven't seen my IJ in like three years. <laughs> right. <laughs> he lives somewhere else. You don't She's want to go <laughs> yeah. over there. He, she, she doesn't exist in your world. Meter. Right. <laughs> it's just that you every mean, once I, in a while, Balin shows babies. up with some babies, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, All right. thank you. <laughs> IJs. I guess I'll try to sell these. I'm not known for this at all. It's like, but the uh, thing, the thing I think about, especially with Riley, because you know he's a good friend of ours, and uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, at the same time he's like super into IJs and stuff. And um, uh, the thing of it is, is that I have some projects that they 
they're one of a kind. So yes, the then, secret projects that we don't discuss. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. so so <laughs> Riley's getting some of those so that, so that I know, right? Dude, <laughs> like all your little IJ followers, are they gonna be mad? They like might I be. mean like the only other person that I would send them to, but he would probably tell, I don't know, he would tell me to go pound sand or something, would be Chris Salemi, you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a few others. I don't want to say he's the only other one, but um, but Riley, he's kind of, you know, he's in our inner NPR circle, and he's kind I of... Have, I have so much power that I refuse to use. Like, I can't, like, I'd be like, I want them all. Give me your IJs. But... <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> yeah, so Owen doesn't yeah. want them. But God yeah, forbid no. something happens here, you know, yeah. that project is not well, lost because it's somewhere and, else. And that's, and that's so, good. That's yeah. good. Because, like, you know, that, that, that's how I think we get into problems more often than not is founder animals die. And then either people don't know the founder animals are dead or did, they never got projects going or they took it and they bred it to a jaguar and it's stuff like that. So, you know, it's uh, what, what goes back with the Russian Reds. People have russian red tigers they have one or two or they have crosses or they have mixes right and then the project bombed and now it's like there are very few people that have a pair of pure russians direct from curtain right yeah i have a female hopefully next year i'll have a male <laughs> there, <I hope. laughs> there is there is a list yes a list you my friend, are number one on the list because you want just one, and also it's you. Yeah. Second on the list is Mike Curtin. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> and I had to tell him he's there, so he's there. <laughs> so, like, you know, he's like, "Wait, I'm second? I'm so, yeah, like, I'm waiting for that text message tomorrow. Like, <laughs> listen, Mike, I don't do a podcast with you, and you, you know, don't, like, <laughs> you don't my, understand. My, my answer will be, Mike. He has to listen to me talk for hours once a week and then he's gonna be like fair enough i'm like exactly (laughs) he's earned it he's Um, earned it you know christ but yeah so that's sort of the story with these port douglas um and i don't think that other than so now brandon has it i don't know if nick has any anymore or he sent that project to brendan or brandon um there's me and there's eric kohler other than that i can't think of anybody that has them but what cool snakes and it's so crazy that nobody gives really a shit about them. Who gives uh, it? Dude, it's no one cares. And then, see, that's the problem is you're checking all the boxes again. It, no one cares. Oh, it's a coastal. Ooh. <laughs> right. <laughs> it could have a bad attitude. Oh, that's enough. Just give it to me. Like, you know, that's so. And then after the Brisbane's just just getting them is really like the it, it's pushing me more and more. And now I, I have uh 2.2 jungle carpets. I will never get any more. Um, and uh, it's like I keep side-eyeing the Darwins right now. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try to breed you guys. You guys don't breed. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, could be history. <laughs> you guys, you guys that, that that citrus tiger head albino might just go back to you. It's like, you know, I don't know yet. It's, so there you it's, go. it's one of those things where it's like I might plug myself into this thing. So, right. Yep. Cool. That's enough out of this. All right. Uh, all right. Let's bring Brett on. Uh, Brett, welcome to Morelia Python Radio. Uh, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Excited oh. to get on and listen to you guys for um, a few years now. It's a, it's a wealth of knowledge, so I definitely appreciate everything you guys do. We're very sorry. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we, we normally start with the um, question of uh, how did you get started in reptiles? Well, wait, 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 up wait. In- 
wait, wait, no one cares. Um, how, <laughs> what made you go to rough scales? Just let's just go straight to that one. And then Damn, we'll Alan. there's, there's literally one person you can thank for that. That would be Terry, Terry Burrell, not okay. my mother, not my father. It's Terry Burrell. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Yeah. It worked out well. <laughs> All right. So what did get you started in reptiles? Uh, my father was a biology teacher in Wisconsin where we grew up, so yeah. he kind of used to bring home like all the old uh, David Attenborough videos and such, so it was great. So he was like the blockbuster of natural videos. <laughs> and uh, so he'd bring them home all the time, we'd sit in the yard and watch them and stuff and start getting interested and grew up around a lot of fields and ponds and streams, so we're always out there catching frogs and turtles. And to be honest with you, the one thing that scared me the most was the snakes like totally freaked me out. I just, I couldn't. Couldn't do it. They totally freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, we had a little pet store downtown, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, where I grew up. Um, they had a little pet store down there, and they started having some ball pythons and some boa constrictors and stuff like that. I was like, man, those are really cool, but I'm still freaked out by them. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends got a ball python and, you know, went over there, and I was checking it out. And I'm like, all right, this thing is really, really cool. I mean, being a ball python back in, what was that, back in the 80s, was, it was awesome. You know, it was really cool to be around and stuff. And started getting interested in them. And one of my friends in high school passed away and he had an iguana. And so I took the, uh, over, took the, adopted that guy and brought him in the house. And then from there, it just kind of started to snowball. I was like, oh, you mean there's all these other kinds of reptiles out there that, you know, I can get my hands on. And so that was high school, had the iguana, got to college. And then that was kind of free for all. It all started from there. We had our, <laughs> we had our apartments and I, you know, I went through like, that's back because this is before the internet. I mean, the internet, I remember like just barely coming on and, We'd go through the black and white pages, like the classifieds in the newspaper, and every once in a while you'd find something in the sky had. I mean, it was like a five-foot green iguana. <clears throat> like, that's pretty cool. Like, something yeah. like, probably not real. And we get over there, and this thing was probably like four feet or something like that with the tail. It was huge. We'd, he was awesome. He was like the size of like a coffee can back in the day. And uh, so we brought him home, set him up in like a walk-in closet, and he lived there for a while and, and did great. He eventually went on to live with someone else that wasn't moving from house to house. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, then we had uh, this Lee, this Lee Watson was the name of the reptile show down in Illinois. So it was probably like a 90-minute drive. So we started going down there, and then that was a whole whole other ballgame. So there's all kinds of guys with, you know, berms and retics and all kinds of fun stuff. And, you know, everything started to kind of come on around there. So... Went down there and started kind of playing around with those and got some berms and had a labyrinth and an albino and bred those guys back in like 94, I think it was, 95, something like that. Of course, I had no idea what I was doing, kind of pre-internet <laughs> information. Right. And lost the eggs and stuff, and those guys did good. And um, never really got the hatch a clutch. But then, then I started kind of, you know, kind of moving around a little bit here and there, got down to Chicago and. That's when uh, Womas started to kind of pop up around like the mm-hmm. late late 1999s or early 2000s, somewhere around there. So mm-hmm. got my rare earth. I don't know if you guys remember like the whole rare earth ads that they oh, had. Yeah, they had, like, yeah. I remember yeah. sitting up at like shows. It would take like ever. Like there would be like because their 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 displays at shows would look like almost like mountain like rocks with little. Uh, uh, Aquariums and stuff in there it was nice. Yeah, it's so yeah. awesome. I mean, they had like the greatest stuff ever. That you know, they yeah. had like the Tristus, Tristus, like the freckled monitors mm-hmm. and uh, and the black, like all those guys and stuff. So ended up getting some warmers and actually I was able to breed those guys um, early two thousand. So that was that was cool. That's when they were like fifteen hundred apiece, and so that was fun. You know, so <laughs> kind of messing around with those guys, and then the ball python craze kind of popped up and. 
had a few of those guys, but not really too much. Just kind of stuck with those guys and then got into some carpet pythons and that's when the jags started kind of popping up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so bred and got a few jags here and there and kind of just toyed around with it back then. And, um, and then I took a break uh, for a little while and then kind of worked my way back into it. We moved to Texas and we had a child. That, that sort of screwed things up. <laughs> we had a human. That <laughs> got, happened. Yeah, I got married and then I lost my it. reptile room and that became a nursery. <laughs> and so then, yeah, so then we had to step out from there. So then we got to Texas and I was like, all right, I'm going to get back into like Lichianas because I had some of those. Those were cool. Oh, God. Started breeding those guys again and they were awesome. And then I was looking at some ads around here and I was like, oh, this guy's in Austin, Texas. I was like, weird. This is, this is really close to me, too. And what do you know? Terry Burrell lives like a mile and a half from me. Okay. Unfortunately, by the time I met him, he moves <laughs> like six weeks later or six months later or something like that. So I was like, probably good and bad, you know, because I'm sure the two of us would have <laughs> came up with some. We probably could have concocted co- co- some pretty good plans on this whole reptile thing. So, uh, But I went over to his house, and we were kind of hanging out in his apartment and looking at him. He's like, you know, I kind of remembered rough scales and knew about them, but they're just not around. You know, they weren't around a lot where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, rough scales, rough scales, rough scales. You just don't see them that much. And right. So I saw them, and I was like, man, those are really cool. And so they're kind of in the back of my mind, and I started kind of messing around. I got some ackies and they started to breed, started to get some babies. So I kind of just started using, you know, trading off the babies just to kind of get some other reptiles in. And that's how I came across the rough scales myself mm-hmm. and traded a bunch of eight babies and some, some cash for them and got a pair of uh, rough scales. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that worked out pretty good. And well, kind of, it did for a while until they both shed and I figured out they're both males. So, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a little, little fork in the road right there. Yeah, that, is, that is not fun. That like, and, you know, it figures it's them, not like, know. you know, something else like, Oh yeah. no, the, the ball pythons are both boys. Oh, right. Crap. Exactly. And they, they'd price the legs. <laughs> So easily remedied. Oh, well, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Apparently they don't care. So. No, no. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's I came across, you know, and I was able to get some rough skills in, and that was, it was it was cool. And then um, actually, you know, before I got mine, Terry came across a second pair mm-hmm. from a guy in Texas who had to get rid of them, and he was already living out east. So he's like, "Can you do me a favor? Can you go meet this guy at the gas station with cash and buy these rough scales from him?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a great plan." Uh, <laughs> like, let me now do your dirty missing. work for you. I'm gonna lose a right. kidney. <laughs> like this is like you know. Right. All right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll, I'll go, sure. And then so you know, I go out to. Uh, it's like kind of like in, you know an hour and a half away from here towards San Antonio. And sure enough, this guy had two rough scales. So I literally had him here for 24 hours before I shipped him over to Terry. And I was like, I fell in love with him right there, mm-hmm. just having him like in my house. And I was like, all right. That's I need to get some, and that's then after that we we came across this pair of males <laughs> that were for sale there available and brought those guys in. God, yeah. Nice. So it's 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 been a it's been a long trip, but you know it's it's been fun and it's been I mean that was been keeping reptiles for twenty plus years at least. I'm forty four now and started kind of doing it in high school, I guess. So nice. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, now uh, we saw you had these kind of. Uh, setups that show like kind of like a naturalistic setup can you talk about how you did that kind of sure sure um oh that's on his that's on his table right it's on his table right yeah oh before yeah yeah, so i've done one show so far and that was (laughs) over in dripping springs and they had a table and i was like you know and actually that the promoter 
uh, Sean Gray, really good guy, great guy, does a lot of good shows. I sound like Trump. Good guy, great guy. Yeah, <laughs> very good things. Very good things. <laughs> Lots of good things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lots of good things. Um, so he was buying some Ackies from me. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'll come. I'll, I'll set up for the show. I really don't have anything to offer, but at least I can kind of, you know, put my name out there a little bit. That I knew I was, you know, this is back in the spring. That should have some animals coming. And I thought kind of a neat way to kind of show people what they could do at home with their own enclosures was kind of just set one up and take it there. So I had a JPM uh, arboreal cage that I set up and had. Some nice piece of driftwood in there. Set it up with some, um, you know, fake foliage and some mulch and stuff. And uh, I actually put a carpet python on display. I think it was just a, it was a red from, um, it was a red um, coastal carpet. So I put her in there, and she just perched up the whole time. And people were like, "Wow, that's really, that's really awesome." But it was kind of neat though, because I thought it was a nice way just to kind of show people like, this is what you can do with these guys. You know, you can you can set them up, and they'll they'll display for you. And there's there's and you can have one, and that's totally cool. Yeah. You know, it's hard when you walk into shows and you see all these animals and people just, you know, it's addictive. And the people start seeing them all. And it's like, oh, I want to have this and I want to have this. And it's like, but you could also do this. And it looks really awesome. Or do yeah. it all, you know. Yeah. It's uh, that's kind of my thought behind that. I, it's funny because, like, you're like, I got to get my name out there. And you decide to set up on a show. When somebody told that to Eric, he made a podcast and here we are. So it's like your, <laughs> yours, I feel like, was the normal response. And, you know, it's some of somebody else may have gone a little too far. Well, but. right. right. <laughs> the reason that that stood out to me is because I've always felt and no, and you know this because I've said it multiple times. I just haven't been able to pull it off. And I, like I have all these ideas and it never it seems like Tinley always like sneaks up before. Yep, you have time uh, to put these ideas uh, into or, into action, or get, or get the calendar done, or yeah. get the calendar done. <laughs> but I saw that, and I'm like, that is exactly what you know the normal person needs to see. You know, any type of Moralia, but in that kind of thing, like somebody that's looking for a pet that's something mm-hmm. different than a ball python, uh, you know, would look at that and say, "Wow, that would be cool to have in my <laughs> living room," or you know what I mean? Absolutely, it would, yeah. it would do. Perfect. So kudos to you. Yeah. Man. That's yeah. Really yeah cool. Well, kudos to the to the little red coastal that decided to perch that day too. He did just hide in the bottom corner and right. or hide something. So, um, but Brett, um, how many people asked to buy the cage? Because I guarantee you that must have happened at least once. Surprisingly, not that many. And that's, okay. uh, they make some changes. Their cages aren't too expensive either. So I was kind of like, well, if you want to take the whole thing, I would definitely <laughs> make this work. You know, which I'm kind of glad I did because I'm I'm going to do the uh, Arlington show up here in uh, in September in Arlington. Okay. Obviously in Arlington, um, coming up here soon. So I'm gonna think I'll probably just do the same setup, and I'm not sure what I'll display. Um, yeah, I gotta find something to display. Maybe maybe a ruffy, or oh, hypo redley. I could put him in there. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that might not look too bad. I yeah, that could work. If you do a ruffy, Bill Stegall might be there, and yeah. <laughs> do not trust him at all, ever, any or anything. Yeah, I met him in person for the first time there last year. So oh, stand up guy, great guy. Uh, yeah, hello, Bill. <laughs> right, no, he was funny. He had that grin on his face. Where you're like, I don't know if I should trust I, you or not. Don't ever, <laughs> no, dude, don't ever, ever trust him. Never. He's if your name is Owen. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. He tried. He would. He had plans to shave me. Like, no. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, it's better than getting waxed, I guess. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, let me ask this question. Like, you talked a little bit about like how you got into rough scale pythons and whatnot, but like, you know, we were talking before we started, uh, me and Owen, and we were talking about how back in the days of MP, like this was a this was a species that was not only, you know, unattainable 
but you probably would never even see it in 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 real life. You know what I mean? You just see it in right. pictures and books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you not only have them, you produce them. Is it yeah. still have that wow factor for you? It, it does. It's pretty cool. Um, the, the first ones I saw were at Terry's like two years ago, if that. So and the first time I saw them in person, I was like, that's, you know, they just, they do have that. They got this such a weird goofy. I put a picture up of just my, usually my everyday when I come in here, they'll, they'll hang in their little hide boxes that I have on the ceiling and I'll walk in and they just come, whoop, and they come out, kind of check you out. <laughs> you always got to mm-hmm. kind of watch it because it's like eye level too. And they're got huge mouths and heads and teeth, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. And it does, it's kind of got that, that wow factor. Then you look down and there's 15 babies below. It's like, all right, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It definitely has that wow factor. And every time I look at them, they've just got something something different that all the other ones really don't have beyond the rough scales. It's just it's just they're they're so unique from having the big, you know, slate blue eyes to the coloration of their patterns to their their face patterns that they have. Um, the scales are obviously cool, their heads are big, they're they're pretty substantial size. The female eye that I have is I mean, she is probably about as thick as my wrist, somewhere around there. So okay. she's 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 pretty decent size. Um, I mean, she's probably six feet somewhere around there. Um, yeah, wow. she's. I mean, she takes medium rats down pretty easily without being chunky. Have you wow. ever had one do the threat display? Not really. No. Even the babies. The baby. I had one baby. Yeah, I had one baby do it, and I put a fuzzy in its mouth and it ate it. So that was. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually worked out perfectly. Nice. That's for a better situation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do I need to tease you? Oh, look at that. All right, just put it right in there, and it just, I'm like, it's like insert here. So that worked out good. Um, my adults are very, they're super mellow. I mean, that's mm-hmm. everything I saw also about them. I mean, you have to, when the lights go out, you know, you got to kind of be like, huh. you got to kind of look around. Like my inlands are, she's nice, but she's a lot more food aggressive than what the roughies are even. Like they're pretty soft strikers when I go to feed them. It's all frozen thawed items. And uh, feed off tongs and stuff, and they they hit kind of, and then but even at the point when they do, it's not overly aggressive. Like my inland just throws herself at it, and you know it totally wraps <laughs> up. And the roughies, they'll, I mean, they're kind of hanging and perched from their boxes. So a lot of times they'll eat kind of suspended downward, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a chondro in a way. Right. Um, but when they do, it's nothing anything that's overly aggressive by any means. So it's kind of cool that way. That's one thing that's really nice about them is you can pull them out and hold them, and they're just they're chill. Mine so, are at least. Right. <laughs> Owen's probably hurt. Um no, Owen's are pretty chill, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mine mine don't get mine don't get scared or bite or do anything like that. It's just that, you know, they, they don't they don't want to sit still. That's their own that's their yeah. only problem is you know, they, they're almost like miniature retics. It's the, I'm gonna move constantly while you're holding me. So yeah. That's interesting. Do they try to go up always or no? Uh, up, down, sideways. They don't really care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but go, it's, huh? yeah, and they huh. do eventually. The male will eventually settle. The female, uh, uh-uh. uh, she, really? she, nah, she don't care. She's, she's gonna keep going. So huh. normally, when I let people hold them, it's the boy. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Interesting. Yeah, mine, mine. They get a pretty good grip. They'll kind of just like wrap their tails around and they kind mm-hmm. of grab onto your forearm and sit. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> you could Bye. probably strike me right in the stomach right now if you wanted to, or the face. But <laughs> they seem to be good. But they're they're very inquisitive animals though. Like every time I come in the room, they're constantly that's whether they're looking for food or just checking things out. Yeah. They always kind of hang themselves out and kind of take a peek and look and see what's going on, which is which is kind of nice. But it's kind of flattering that they, they like me, I guess. Yeah. Cool. So you have some pretty cool setups for these guys. Can you talk a little bit about like uh, how you set them up? You know your you know your adults and you know why you set it up the way you did. Sure. Um, my room's really small that I have. I mean, it's probably 
60 about 72 inches so six feet by nine feet something like that so it's kind of like a small bedroom size if that mm. uh probably probably smaller than that. it's like a you know half the size of a bedroom um we built it out in the garage and such so my space is really limited so i was figuring well build up instead of kind of build and widen up kind of deal so mm-hmm. i yeah i got, got my hands on some white pvc um boards and i was able mm-hmm. to cut down to size um so i made a custom rack here that holds it pretty well so i got a 36 inch rack and then um built these cages that are 36 inches wide 18 inches deep and about 30 inches tall um so i was able to get two of them on here and what i did is i took the same pvc and cut out shelves so i put a shelf right underneath the uh, heat panel mm-hmm. and then one kind of halfway like halfway between the floor and that panel on the other side and then I built some little reek stacks that are basically like the two by fours with some tile on there so that they can pick different levels. To, the idea, I guess, is the thermal regulate for monitors. This is kind of far away from the heat panels, but it gives them like a real nice flat space to kind of jam themselves into. Right. Thinking like naturally they're kind of along the um, rock ledges and such when they get themselves kind of pinned in somewhere. So they don't really use them that much, but when they do, they get in there, that's for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, so that worked out well. And then I got the uh, Reptile Basics hide boxes. So I used the large size, and I drill a hole in the top of the cage and use a four-inch bolt, um, and then drill it. So I drill it through the top of the cage and then through the top of the heat or the hide box, flip it upside down, and then I basically use a little wig nut and fasten it to the roof of the cage. Okay. So it works out great. So there's kind of an upside-down hide box on the roof of, of all my cages that I use. Now I do it actually for the inlands and I do it for the blackheads, the Angolans. I haven't yet because she's too fat. I would say, uh, you don't have an arboreal Angolan to get up in yeah, there? I mean, like, she, you know. She might. I don't know. She's a little chunky, so I'm not sure if she'll get in there or not. <laughs> uh, I, I should try that. Though. I'm curious now. Why not? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I want to so see that. So it works. It, it works great. And they, uh, I mean, they're up there probably 90% of the day. And then they just hang their heads out. It's pretty funny. So they'll just get their head out and maybe like two inches or not just hanging straight down checking things out um so that's worked out really well for him and the cage size is it's been good for her i was a little nervous for my female but she seems to be settling in um really well with that with that size hmm. and um the having the basket shelf i like david d's idea that's kind of where i came up with it because i was listening when i got him in i was like oh, i need to learn as much as i can so who do you check mpr right right <laughs> and <laughs> went back and found David D's uh, episode that he is talking about his shelves, which is a really cool idea. I just didn't have the space to do it in my cages, unfortunately, where he built the shelf and then he put the heat panel on the bottom of the shelf. So it worked yeah. almost as like a basket ledge and then underneath it can get under two. Um, I didn't have the space to do it, so I was like, well, why don't I just put a shelf underneath there and that way they can kind of get themselves up in a nice little basket ledge up there um and it's worked out great my female when she was grabbing she would just hang her gut off that and just like her belly just would hang off the side with her eggs and stuff or she would invert right underneath there and just suck up the heat um so they've worked out really well i'm a, I'm a big fan of the heat panels now. actually i just bought all new heat panels from other cages too so that's my my plan this weekend is to rip the room down and rebuild the cages with heat panels and do the elevated elevated boxes and all the cages it's a good thing oh, you cool. probably have a holiday because that'll take uh, a good amount of time. I'm a very understanding wife, so oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's pretty she's pretty tolerant, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we're gonna have to drop the kids off at uh, at her mom's house and take her out to dinner or something because it is gonna take a long time. Yeah. And I almost got into it this morning. I was like, before working, I'm like, I bet I could probably get half this done, and I was like, no. So if I get half of it done, I'll never get the other cages out and get the new ones in. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, just be patient. 
do it all at the right, do it all at the right time. And, you know, when you're dealing with this stuff, too, it's all the herp stats when you have, like, herp stat fours and stuff and the probes and yep. making yeah. sure you have everything labeled right and your cords are going the right space and everything's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of thinking. You got to tag up the cord or the snake's going to, like, take it and be like, this belongs in the water dish. Like, no. Right. No. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I did. I mean, I did a stupid one the other day. I had I was thawing out rats, and I put them in a tub in a rack that I had. And I'd, so it was the top tub. And I was like, oh, nothing's in here. I'll just use this to thaw, defraw, de-thaw, or I guess thaw some rats out. And I forgot that the probe was underneath there. And so I would put frozen rats in the top tub on top of the probe. So the probe's thinking it's like 50 degrees out, right? What have you done yet? <laughs> yeah. And it just started pumping up. And I, I went in, I'm like, ooh, why is this one so warm? And I was like, oh, God. But <laughs> like, after all these years, never even thought about the fact that, like, oh, you shouldn't use that one because there's a probe in the back of your rack and you're putting frozen rodents close to it that's going to, you know, send a, a cold third, uh, currents over there. So, yeah. Luckily, in my, that was my first attempt at maternal. Thanks to Eric, I was talking at a, a ball python. Then I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And my daughter, <laughs> she's, she's got a blue-eyed leucistic. Okay. I was like, we're going to do maternal, and it's going to be cool. There's going to be little white heads that pop out of this, you know. Let's see if this works. And what do you know? I got the eggs up to like 100 degrees because I was trying to thaw some rats in the same Oh, rack. God. <laughs> you know, so I was like, abort. I pulled them out. I threw them in the incubator, and they were supposed to hatch in the next five days. It'll be the world's first ball pythons to hatch here. Oh, there in you my house. House. okay. Oh, there. <laughs> World's first blue-eyed leucistic buddy. I, I, I don't want to yeah. crush your dreams here. But I'm pretty no, sure yeah, that's exactly. been done. It's like, yeah, not in this house. It hasn't. Though. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, sorry for the tangent, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I started. You know, that's how I got along with the cages. And I, and I was talking to Todd. Um, a little side story: how I came across my female. I after I had the two males. I bought a female from David D, but she was she was a year old, so now she's two years, and she's catching up. Right. But I was kind of you know stuck with two males, and Chad Gray, great guy, Chad Gray, yeah. um, was talking to Todd Tobridge, who's out in California, and I've, I've seen Todd's names for years too. Really, really outstanding guy. Um, does all kinds of work with blackheads and just incredible woman's like his lineage. He actually, I think he sold a lot of his woman's to art, and that's where he got his lineage from. Okay. Um, was like, I've kind of, you know, I'm, I have the opposite situation. I have an adult female. I lost my male. Would you be interested in doing a loan? I was like, I'll happily send you my males. He's like, nope, I'm going to send you the female. I was like, oh, God. Oh, that's, a lot, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've only had these things for a year. And obviously, like, you know, the sexes were off or whatever. So, um, and so I was able to get the female in from Todd. And when I was talking to him, he's like, well, I, you know, I'm doing these read stacks, which a lot of people use for monitors, but that's, you know, kind of. They work well for him. She likes it. But I think he was using more of a heat source on his so that they could kind of thermal regulate better, where mine are 24 inches below the heat panel, so they're not getting any heat there. They're just going over a hide box. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's very cool. I mean, like, do you – like, I, I would normally – I would never have called a reed stack into something that would be used for these guys, but it does make some sense. I mean, for those – who don't know because they're not plugged into monitor stuff. Can you kind of, <laughs> can you kind of explain what a read stack is? Sure. The idea basically was, well, Frank Reed, you know, incredible godfather of monitor keeping. He came up with the idea that you'd use, basically there's different ways to do it. A lot of people just build them out of wood. So if you use two by fours and then like a plank of wood, two by four plank of woods, and you basically build, um, 
levels that kind of stack on top of each other. So the idea is when you're shining any heat source down to it, the top one would say for monitors, not for snakes, of course, would be like 130, 140 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then on that next layer, it may drop 10 degrees. And then the next layer would drop 10 degrees. So you basically build in a thermal gradient that uh, the animal you're keeping can select anywhere they want to be. So they can either sit on the top and bask, or if they want to get some protection but still get warmth, they can go to the next level. If they want to go a little further down, they can kind of keep picking the different levels that they want to go into. So I use them for my Ackies, and they're, they're in those lanes nonstop. They basically rotate from the top to the bottom to the middle, and they burrow underneath. And next morning, whoop, right back to the top again. So um, the way I built mine, I, I you know, with having snakes and monitors and stuff, they're just – they they're – kind of they, they make messes a lot so my idea was to use tile instead of using wood so i kind of made it where you had removable tiles in them okay um so if they you know if they get dirty or just need to clean them from time to time you just could slide the tile out take it out hose it down scrub it down uh disinfect it and then put it back in so with the ackies and stuff i mean it's 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 made it so much easier because usually it's just like top panels so i just take the top tiles off go wash them put some clean ones in wash them later and switch them and such uh, so it's worked out good. And uh, is it David Brahms that does all the um, the little racks and such? He does the um, what's the his, his, he does the uh, laser the three D laser printing right. the, oh, yeah. uh, the perches yeah, yeah. and such. Yeah, yeah, specialty three D designs. Or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. He could make a pretty cool rack. I should I want to talk to him about it sometime. See if he could come up with an idea where he could make some plastic molds basically that would fit tiles, and he just slide a tile in each one of those. Then you can take the whole thing out, and you know how wood is. It just it gets so dirty so quick. Yeah. So. And of course, you said this on the show now, so now, like, next week when he unveils the uh, reed stack kind of a thing, <laughs> I mean, hopefully at least gives you a shout-out. But, I mean. That, like, or a free one. I'll just take a free one. I'll there you go. With that. <laughs> but. I'm easy. I'm easy. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the idea behind those. And to be honest, with you, the, the, I think if I had more of a heat source closer to it, they'd probably use it a lot more. But they do like to get themselves just kind of prayed in there. So I put them in with the inlands, too, and she'll she'll get in there pretty well as well and kind of hide out. So I've been kind of toying around with it, moving her from different cages to see who would use it. Yeah. Interesting. It's weird. It's weird because I have I just have heat panels and a shelf with um, cork bark on top of the shelf. So they sit on the cork bark, and the cork bark's like anchored down on the shelf and my guys bask up there and they hang down there when they're hungry. But then the rest of the time they're down on the ground underneath cork bark or shoved into a tube or huh. in a back in a hide box. Like they're just, that's kind of where they go. So they, they go up there, warm up and then they climb back down and they kind of just chill. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mine are mine are pretty much always up, but I've got the hide boxes on the ceiling. So I yeah, think that's where, the, where they kind of. But I do have hide boxes on the ground too for my smaller ones, like my smaller mm -hmm. male and female, um, and they're never down there hardly at all. Or my female was sitting on the bottom this morning when I came in, scared me. I was like, oh god, why are you down there? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's back up in the hide, so I was like, all right, you're all good. Um, but yeah, you cool, should try though. that. Though you should try the hide boxes on the ceiling and see. I got to um, get them into. I got to get them into cage. my cages that I have them now in are very tall, but don't have very much ceiling space other than oh, okay. the panel is. So I got to get them into another iteration of a cage that actually has like room for it. And then, yeah, I, I, I might do that. Yeah. Um, I'd suggest it. I mean, to be honest, pretty much most species, uh, snake species, I think would totally go for it. You know, all the, the rats that you work with and such and yeah. all the other Morelia and so on would totally, totally go oh, yeah. for it. And the nice part with the wing nuts is you can basically just, Unscrew the wing nut and pull the box down, clean out the inside, and you just go right back up and put it back in. So they're they're super easy to clean. That was the hard part I had trying to figure out how to 
affix it to the ceiling without having one to be able to hold the weight of the snake that's going to be sitting in it mm. and two be able to get it down to see what's going on in there too because the one i was kind of afraid my female's gonna let it clutch in there too i was like oh god what's yeah. gonna happen yeah. <laughs> like i won't be able to get them out but luckily she was smart and used the use the nest box on the bottom so and that's put, i was gonna say do you put any kind of substrate in it in it at all uh, I, I keep all my guys on aspen um, okay so I just I put a little aspen in there and that seems to work out good. I mean you could you know probably very easily just use any kind of moss if you wanted to or or none. Um, but yeah, I just use aspen, so I just throw some aspen in there in case they do mess in there. It makes it a little bit easier just to kind of clean up. Gotcha. Yes. It's, Sorry, it's, Owen. Go ahead. Well, no, it's just weird because like I have those larger boxes for my snakes that are in cages that can support a hide box that that size and most of them will just curl up on top of the box. And when it's cleaning time, literally just pick up the whole box. They stay curled up on top of the box. I put it down, I clean their cage, and then I put it back. They are still curled up on top. Sitting like on they're top. Just, <laughs> still sitting there. And then I put that the box back. I close everything up. And that's when they're like, wait, what just happened? And they start moving around. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it, it does. It makes everything a ton easier. So it's it, 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 it kind of, even in a rack system where there's a, a smaller tub in there, they'll still cram themselves on top of the tub oh, in yeah. between. Yeah, like that's just how it goes. Ruffies, carpets, max, I mean, white lips, my 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 black face white lip will do it to the point where I can't open the drawer. And then as I'm pulling it open, I hear a thud, which means he's fallen off the thing and now it can go. <laughs> now, now he's, now he's bad. Like, and, it's and, like and resist. Exactly. Resist, resist, thud, and then it comes flying out. So yeah, it's it's almost like they they would prefer just to get up on top of things, so mm -hmm. and and cram themselves into small spots mm -hmm. too. I mean that's they get the perch and they get in, there. and that was kind of the idea with the reed stocks too. Is just that if they could get in there and, and get themselves kind of jammed in there, it's yep. a, a pretty good security for them. But my hope of red light does the same. I use like an upside down flower pot and then drill the hole in the top. Right. And the same deal. I mean, it's only an inch up there, and I feel guilty whenever I open the tub. I'm like, I should just stop because I'm like, it's not. It's, I feel resistance, and that's just him pride in right. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll come back to you, buddy. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on in there. Yeah. Cool. So do you follow anything special as far as temps go? I mean, are you just uh, basic Python temps? or? Yeah, one, yeah, exactly. Just like... Um, mid 80s right around there for the for the basket and the nice part about the basket area that i built uh, with the heat panel and the shelf up there is that it's a pretty concentrated little hot spot for them to go to and granted the cages aren't that big and being in texas i mean and like i was saying earlier it's, it's like 104 here today so i have to cool my room so i'm a little nervous about having drafts as well too even during the summer from the air conditioning or during the winter and stuff so um i just went with the the standard python temperatures and then put that shelf you know i think it said to be six inches i did like eight inches below and they'll they'll still go in there in the mornings and get up there and bask really well and the rest of the cage i just kind of let it go the ambient i gotcha Okay. Yeah. yeah, and the probe's right up there, too, pretty much on that shelf. So I'm like, I know exactly what that spot is. So if you need to get there and warm up, you can do it easily. And if you need to get away from it, you can go bottom opposite corner, and that puts some hide boxes in the bottom opposite corner for them to get down into. Cool. What about, uh, do you do anything for, like, lighting or UV or anything like that? Or? Uh, no UV, but that's something that, I mean, I'm curious about that. I, I use a lot of just little LED uh, light strips from Lowe's. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's always, it was like before, like 36 inch cage. I'm like, well, I need a 24 inch strip in there. And 
not the case. I mean, the LEDs are getting so strong now that little 12-inch LED strips from Lowe's are perfect. I mean, they have a nice white light to them, and it's not too bright. Mm. And the profile on them is so short. I mean, they're like maybe a half inch deep. And uh, the nice thing is they're, they're supposed to be chained together. So getting the plug out, you can usually just drill a little hole in the back of the cage, run the wire in there, and then plug it into the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it really easy that way. So I do use uh, light in, in all my cages just to have night cycles for them, you know, day and night. Jay and I mm-hmm. like to see them too. You know, that's yeah, even sure. my, uh, my APs, I put all cages or lights in there, which I'm switching to LEDs for all those guys too. Because I bought yeah. a couple you know, my original APs, I think I bought two that were used, and I bought one, bought two more, and then bought another used one. So all the lighting's different. So being OCD, I'm like, they all need to match. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the part of this whole room changeover. I'm like, I can't have a yellower light in that cage and, you know, different offsets on those. Sure. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. So no UV yet. Um, obviously, with the Ackies, I do go with the AV or UA, UVA, UVB heat bulbs for those guys. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been kind of playing around with some different brands, too. And it's definitely, they, they glow off of them they get some good color and heat and stuff so i think for those guys it's important but you know the more i listen and talk to people i kind of do feel like it's i mean i don't think it, it you know it could only benefit is my opinion so mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know the more the i research is, it yeah trying to get it to happen but the more i research it the more i find that uh i think it would be beneficial but you know the hard part's how do you deliver it yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of bulbs that are coming out that can do it, but they're pretty warm, too. Yeah. And that's the problem with my AP cages is, you know, my room gets a little bit warmer and you add heat to them, but then you put a light strip in there and those those UV bulbs get pretty warm. So, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd have to kind of look into it a little bit more and try to figure out that because I don't like using sockets and bulbs. They're more of a kind of a, a light strip fixture kind of guy. Sure. Um, just because the, the issues of having bulbs in cages just kind of right. can lead to some serious issues, you know? Mm-hmm. I went for tiny fluorescent ones, like just little, like the little bar ones. That mm-hmm. was enough. That was enough heat that, like, I put them in my ruppies. My ruppies were by the front door, going, "Dear Lord, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you wouldn't, oh, yeah. oh God, it's like, yeah." So it, I don't, I'm, I'm doing the LEDs, like, you know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get. Uh, I want these babies, uh, baby bread lab that just hatched to be the, uh, they're, they're the lighting project. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> go away. Like, so oh, like your Lord is a bright. Yeah. It's like, that's all I want is for you guys to go away so I can get lights. It's like, and it's more along the lines of, I want to be able to see where they're coming from because I keep getting caught by some animals where it's like they emerge from the shadows. Kribos move very quickly. So. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny just how they all they all move differently. I mean, like I've got a rack with uh, you know the Angolan on the bottom, and she's Mm -hmm. big and dopey. The next cage is a blackhead, which I mean, when those guys want to turn it on, they are they're like Uh they're faster, like kind they're kind of like a cribo in a way, I'd imagine. And the next ones up are the um, the inland female, the one was above there. And every single cage, you just have to basically treat it completely different, you know. Um, it's the reason why I don't work with venomous. Well, one, it's illegal in Austin, but two, I'm just too slow and too dumb. And like, I opened the cage in the top one, and the one was on my arm, and I'm like, oh, great. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see you underneath that ledge right there. And so just, oh, hello. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah it, it's the same thing. Walmas, when Womas want a motor, they will motor. And I was sitting down cleaning the one cage, and it was one of those, like, it's the last stack. You've done the entire room. 
you're literally sitting on the floor because that's where the cage is. You open up the cage and then a blur comes flying out at you. <laughs> right. And then oh, it yeah. latches onto the trash can and then she's writhing on the trash can and I'm like, Well, all right, I'll clean the rest of the cage. Well you're you're busy and you know, it's like that. So um yeah, they're wonderful, be, aren't they? Gorgeous animals. They're such, <laughs> such lovely creatures. So Yeah. Murder, murder, murder. Yeah. It took took me a while with my first pair that I had back in like the early two thousand. Like my male was he was gorgeous, really pretty animal. It's super mellow. I was like, Oh, these things are great and I was talking to someone, they're like, You're bum like they never bite me and they finally did the first walnut bite. Which is where they're just kind of rubbing their face along you a little bit, and then they uh, just they I just wonder bite on, and then food. Just, yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. then they're like, "I don't care if it's food or not. I'm just going to wrap around it anyways." And I'm yeah. just like, "I guess they do bite." And yeah, that's so. Now I'm always a little bit kind of like one hand behind the other one, even though it's I mean, they're not terrible, but it's still that you know the, the initial response. You're like, "All right, what's going to happen with you guys?" Because they show they show no signs of being like, no. "I'm just going to bite you." They're just they just decide. It's not like the Maclots where they're just like. Completely three quarters of the bodies all you know back in an S curve waiting for you. Okay, right. so that's how your max act because I am either hit or miss. It's either a loving, gorgeous creature or the devil incarnate. And I find <laughs> I find the ones that I get from Dennis. I don't know what he's done to those animals, but they're just wicked evil. Like you know, it's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, speaking of, were, yep, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, um, go ahead, go ahead with what you were going to say. Oh, I was just going to say, my Max is a little baby, so I'm hoping she grows out of it. But no, no, she, she managed to strike at like a 90 degree angle today somehow. Like her head was barely out of the hide, and she somehow came like completely sideways. And I was like, whoa. Holy shit. That was physics. I mean, I don't even know how your neck went that way or why you felt the need <laughs> to go that way. Because I was nowhere in front of you to feel like threatened. But she's just like, I'm just going to go for it. So I have I have but. captive born and bred Max that are worse behaved than wild caught. <laughs> <laughs> the wild caught are like, I'm so happy to be here. Not, <laughs> right. not in the wild. This is paradise. Yeah, right. <laughs> so... Rough scales as far as feeding. Do you do anything special as far as that goes? Yeah. Um, no, well, no. It's it's pretty much all frozen rodents. Okay. Except for when I got him in, I think it's mostly was just one of the males. Kind of was a tricky feeder, so he was kind of on quail. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I think, was you know the guy was kind of mixed up on him because he obviously thought they're a pair and he was cooling them like a pair. Mm-hmm. And doing stuff. So one was on quail. I couldn't really find quail very easily around here. So I've been kind of feeding chicks here and there. And then they both turned on to frozen thawed with no problems. Um, he kind of bounces back and forth between refusing rodents and going with just chicks, which chicks are cheap. So I'm like, okay, and you're a male. So I'm not really concerned about <laughs> you getting fatter and bigger. So <laughs> exactly. And yeah, to get into it a little bit later, but with the, the hatch lens, I've kind of done some scenting with the chick fuzz too, and that seems to work and really get those guys going. Um, so for the adult male though, so if I have the chicks, I'm like, no, no problem, I don't mind. You know, it's it's easy enough. But my other ones, like I was saying before, they'll sit in their hide boxes hanging down, and they'll all just take it right off the tongs and hang upside down and eat it upside down. And the one thing that's really cool that I, I don't think you really realize is how big and wide their mouths actually open up mm-hmm. until you see one bite one, and you're like. Where did your head go? It just like completely <laughs> doubled its size, and like mm-hmm. their bottom lips like come completely flat and like flatten out by like I mean they like double in size. It's crazy. Like wow, that's that's amazing. I guess they got to hold the hold the teeth in somehow. But um, feeding wise, they've been super easy that way. So it's they're they're rock solid and they're easy feeders. And um, 
which is good. It makes it a lot less stressful, that's for sure. And they let you know, too. You walk in the room, and they start cruising around, and mm-hmm. you can tell definitely when they're hungry and ready for some food. And if they're not, they're all just perched up and, you know, content. I mean, have you kind of, like, <laughs> have you kind of taken – I've adopted a thing where if they're not – out and looking for food i'm not feeding them like have you kind of go like i mean i know you or, or your guys the out no matter what's going on and you have to monitor their food nope i'm totally on your page yeah okay. same deal yeah mine are pretty much if i'm feeding and it's a lot of times if i especially if i'm from feeding the other guys mm. um the other reptiles in this room they just start smelling it and they get really active too but usually I can tell when they're kind of coming around, so I usually kind of go off their keys. And if they look like they're hungry, is then why I've been feeding them. And like I said, my female, after she laid, she was, she kept her body weight. I mean, she she wasn't like, you know, sometimes when pythons lay, you're like, oh my gosh, where I've killed you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What you put into these are unbelievable. She came out, I'm like, you look great, girl. I'm like you, are, <laughs> you, I'm like awesome. I feel a lot better about that. And she ate right away. And, She's kind of getting right there. So I'm definitely not stressing about feeding these guys too much, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I think that comes with being an experience. You know, you start getting some experience with your animals and you start reading your room and realizing that, like, you don't need to feed these guys that much. And no, listening listen to you guys, I learned a lot, you know, from that, too, because you kind of go from like, OK, well, they're babies. You feed them weekly, which makes sense and such, you know, and well, they get bigger. Now I got to feed them at least, you know, two times a month or three times a month or something like that. And just not the key. And it's just you can you can see them and see how, how much they're active and they're keeping their body weight well and they look healthy and they're responding healthy and if they're hungry they'll let you know yeah eric has ruined me i'm very much now (laughs) in the thing of like i'll feed you guys when i feel like it and um (laughs) if it if it means that i if i don't feed you like every five days it means you'll live to be 20 something cool (laughs) you know it's like i'm all right with this i'm fine with it so you know, I know. I'd love to see Eric's collection sometime because I'm curious to see his mail. It's a lot of IJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how small they are! Yeah. Tiny, small. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Again, even though I'm like, I'll feed you when I get around to it. I still bring animals back to Eric and look like I've. I feel such shame. <laughs> this animal is bigger than its mother. It's like, yeah, all right, well, yeah. Send him over to Eric's for fat camp. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I try to. Or I, I, I would send them over to breeding, but he, they would... <laughs> it, it doesn't work. All his animals are terrified. Um, but it's... But for, as far as breeding, tell me all your secrets. I wish to know them because I need to repeat them. Well, send me... Send me twenty dollars and I'll make that happen for you. That's, that's not fair because no. I'll, I'll send you. you no, know, I'll, I'll do send it. you my cliff notes. <laughs> um, How do you breed them wise? Do you set them up for the preseason? Like, do you get them ready to go? Yeah, basically that's that was my my intention. So kind of Great. the same thing last year as everybody else were. Um, you know, I got got them in. Got the female in in the summer. So that was one thing I was nervous about, too. You know, when he sent her out, I'm like, well, we'll give her a shot. I mean, she's got great body weight, so I'm not stressed about really trying to pump her up too much. Just more so getting her comfortable and acclimated in the, in the you know, into this room. Um, so I kind of let the males. I t- Actually, I was dialing the males back because, you know, the one that I thought was the female originally was I was feeding her. I'm like, well, I got to get you bigger. Mm-hmm. And then they're both males. I'm like, well, I need to get you smaller. So the males, <laughs> I didn't really do much all summer i just kind of let them be and then i kind of started feeding them a little bit more and more you know your typical kind of fall to thanksgiving just kind of try to pump them up and then go the opposite try to unpump them up and get all the food out of them Mm. um so i kind of went from the same basis as everybody else you know right around thanksgiving time was the last meal 
okay. and kept the temperatures up right where they were, let her kind of can let them all clean out and kind of start dropping, um, you know, getting ready for cooling it down. Um, and then I started around mid-December. So I, I was keeping them, like, their basket spot was about 84, 86 degrees, somewhere around there. Um, and I started kind of just working my way down to my ultimate goal, which was about 68 degrees. So over time, I basically every week I just started kind of going. And I, I got more and more comfortable with it. And the, the weather here in Austin is so goofy where it's like, it's not that cold, you know? So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, I don't know what's going to really happen, but having my room in the garage, I'm like, you know, I think that's going to be enough just to kind of trigger it. And there's some nights where it got a little colder. So I'll just leave the, the door open thinking that like, okay, let's, you know, let's let some cold air in here. So they kind of feel that front come through and such. Um, but as I was doing it, I kind of basically was had the, the rule where I was like, if I could just take them down a couple of degrees every week, basically, until I hit the point where I'm, where I'm comfortable, which is about 68, uh, and I brought the heat up every day. So it dropped right. down to 68 and then it kind of ramped back up and then, you know, let it cool down overnight. So, you know, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what it actually, I mean, it was definitely get hit there in the morning. I don't know when though. Um, if it did, it probably wasn't for a really long time just because the room was, you know, it's a smaller room and it doesn't get that cold here. Right. Um, so I kept them down there until mid February. Okay. And so that's basically, so I went from, you know, December to mid-February, then all December, all January. And then I started kind of going the reverse where I started to kind of just start working them back up, went from like 68 to 70, 76 to 82 um, until March, basically. So from like mid-February until like mid-March or so is kind of where I started kind of warming them up that way. Okay. Uh, but in February, when I started to warm them up is when I started kind of throwing the males in with them. Okay. And I was like, all right, let's see if I can get some action out of them. And I was just going single males, and they were kind of not really doing a lot. But, again, they were starting to kind of warm up a little bit, too. Right. Um, so I was kind of watching them, and I was listening to some other people, and I heard that, like, the Australian zoo would keep them, you know, um, keep them basically all together, you know, males and females and groups and stuff. So I was like, well, if they don't really fight. Maybe it's like, worth a while to see if they can do anything. So. I introduced both my males to the female at the same time, and that definitely got the party started. They started to kind of push each other around. Not much, though. Just kind of they were just interested, you know, and it never got aggressive, and it was just kind of more so like, and they were all trying to climb and get to different spots and stuff, so I think that was enough stimulation just to kind of show what was going on. The female's kind of like, hey, what's up? And she kind of moved around a little bit as well, too. <clears throat> so it kind of got them sparked, and I was like, well, that's good. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll keep that going. Mm-hmm. Um and I would never keep them all in together for more than, you know, I usually probably didn't even do it overnight. That was just enough to do it for a few hours and then kind of pull them out and such. Um, separate them out, but I'd leave a male in, and then I'd kind of just start rotating that male through and such. And it, it seemed to do, it must have just it did the trick. So I don't know if having the two males really kind of triggered that or if it was just the time in that one of them was going to figure it out at some point. Okay. But they both did breed her, so I'm not really sure who the father is. All right, so um, you you have a mission, and that is when your mail sheds, you're gonna mail it to Owen. All right, like <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna need uh, that. <laughs> I've got I've got a baggie full. Actually, excellent. Bill, yeah, Bill asked me to save him some and send him some no, as well too. Forget so. Bill Steagle. All right, you know yeah, he's got enough guy. going. On. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold him ransom for some some chondros. So. Thank you. Like, one you know, shed per chondro. That's a good deal. I'll give you a I'll give you a scale, Bill. 
<laughs> right, Forget exactly. Bill Stiegel. You need to hook Owen, Owen up first. I'm I will. I'll definitely. I can send you one. I got Thank some you. stickers and some uh, little buttons coming, so I'll Ooh. send you a little care package. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A rough scale care <laughs> package. A little, yeah. Better. Exactly. <laughs> like it just yeah. got better. Um, yeah. Brett, well, you, I don't need the rough scale care package. I'll just send you cash, and then you just send me rough scales. How about that? Oh, perfect. <laughs> Done deal. All right. I'm, I'm good. I've got, I've got 15 of them in front of me here. Yeah. This you want to you want to throw a shed in there? Then so. Big, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. Argument we had over, like, which was the right or the left, all over again. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. I went with the left too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I went to I went Damn. to Todd, who produced them for years, and I said left or right, and he said I think left, and he was actually on a herping trip with Doug Price out in uh, Arizona, oh, and nice. so he asked Doug too, and Doug's like left. He's like, see, ah. Eric. Suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> but I still kind of see where Eric was going with that. So, yeah, maybe Eric wants to pick up the left one. We'll see. Or <laughs> pick up the right one, and we can see where, we see where they have level out. See, the problem is if you do that, and then, like, it turns out to be this gorgeous woman, and we all look like idiots. I and know. Then, exactly. You know, and then there's King Eric. I can't live. I can't. Animals. Not again. I can't deal with that again. <laughs> it's like, you know. Anyway. I mean, they're both gorgeous. <laughs> and I could go two different ways with it, but the orange yeah. on the on the right one. Just yeah. really, uh, but I see what they're saying. I mean, it's super light. The contrast, yeah, is you know, really... they, yeah. They said, look at the belly, yeah, and look mm-hmm. for no no specking on the belly is what you want to look for. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll get into almost later, but yeah, yeah that's, well, uh, that's back, a little back, tidbit, a little, little sneak <laughs> that was, peek. That was a preview. Right. Yeah, back, <laughs> right, back exactly. to roughies. All right, um, well, tickler. So, like, did you observe any of the locks, or was it like, did you? What did you kind of see from these guys as far as action-wise? You said there was some kind of a lot of excitement, but nothing too crazy. So, like, what did you see? They were there's full-on locks, and I saw them pretty much every day once they started going. Um, they were they were active breeders once they got going. They were just um, each male basically when I switch them out. I wouldn't stress her out that much either, you know. So a lot of times I was kind of just kind of keeping them all kind of interested. So when I pull the male out, I'd switch the other male in, put that one with her, and he'd get you know he'd breed and stuff. And I may take them both out for a little while, separate. Put all three of them in together, take one out, let that one kind of go, and then switch it up. And so I kind of did that for a while and just kind of make sure they would go. And they're they're definitely full on locks. I mean, they're you can't miss it. So now, are your roughies different enough pattern wise and color wise that you can tell them all apart? Yeah, I've got a piebald, so that one's really easy to tell. That's where that one ended up. <laughs> I forgot that's where he went. All right. Well, never mind. Before you, before you like get everyone excited, it's uh, two white scales on that one. Uh, oh my God, a dinker! Pro- no, no, yes, not doing it. Yeah, it's a ringer. It's, no, they call them ringers, right? It's ringers. Not, I'm sorry. Ringer. I'm sorry. God. Um, uh, yeah, one of the males basically has a couple white scales, and I, my guess is that it was actually from some sort of trauma. So okay. I, I don't know. They came with white scales. Uh, none of the babies have white scales, so maybe they're okay. all hats. Oh my god, they are all hat piebald <laughs> roughies. Well, dude, uh, I don't yes. know why you're selling them for 15. You, those are rookie numbers. You bump bump that shit up. <laughs> like, yeah. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't sold any yet. Well, I, I, <laughs> price is on the price is negotiable on set. Yeah. Why did you say that to me right here? That is I'm taking trades for uh, bull and I is my, is the goal here. 
Oh, there you go. Do I have to be the owner? Do I have to be the owner of the bull and I, or can I just like say like, well, Keith owes you bull and I now. Give me <laughs> a rub. There we go. There <laughs> like, we go. He'll he'll get it done. I have faith in him. He can no, get yeah. it done sometime. Keith is gonna uh, do it. Yeah, so I, I, you know, looking at it, it is funny. So the, the so that it was an easy way to tell them apart. So and okay. the males are obviously the females so much bigger, uh, but the males, I mean, that was it. And they actually, you can tell them apart pretty well too. Uh, okay. Even the babies, to be honest with you, like all of them, it's kind of funny because I'll go through and it's like they're they're mini little rough scales. You know, they don't come out with they look exactly like rough scales. They don't have yeah. any weirdness in the color to them at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not more red than than there would be as adults, you know, they're basically what they're colored as adults, which is pretty cool. Um, so you kind of go through them all. You're like, Ooh, that one's pretty. Ooh, that one's kind of got more of a, a lighter color back two thirds, or that one's got a really cool solid arrowhead on the head basically. Or this one's got kind of bright, um, nostril patterns basically, you know, some gold on the nose and stuff. So they all kind of have their own little, their little markers. So it'll be interesting to go through and pick them up. Yeah. It's it, it, I'm kind of running into that problem with, um, my Timors, my Olives, um, and the Ruffies, where it's like <laughs> I, I cannot tell them apart, and it's it's very difficult. So I was looking for ways to potentially mark them or do whatever, and right now the leading thing is um, nail polish and just dab it kind of on the boy in a few places, and then off he goes. And I know which one the boy is. He's got blue. So, you know, I don't know. They're that close, huh? My my two ruffies are siblings, so they're okay. like carbon copies of each other, and I'm like crap. And same size and everything too. Yeah, my female's yeah. head's way bigger too. That's the other thing. My male, um, might be, my male might be a little bit bigger because the female went off food for a while, and he was like, "I'll eat it." So it was, uh, you know, it's, that might be he's a little bit bigger. So I don't know. Yeah, you have to do nest box in both uh, both cages. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You'll figure it out once they get gravid because they get huge. Like there's no doubt about it. I was like, she's gravid. I can totally tell. I mean, she's she's she just got she swelled up. Um, I mean, she had 17 eggs in her, so you can't mistake which one was which. They want to hit that point for sure. So now, were the eggs? What would you say the size of the eggs are? Are we talking chondro eggs? Are we talking carpet eggs? It's been a while since I've had carpet eggs, and I've never had conjo eggs. So they were, put it this way, I had 17 of those guys, and yep. they were the size, that clutch was about the size of the six Angolan eggs. So they're they're pretty small. Like the Angolan eggs were huge. They were when I had those in my hand, they were the size of my palm basically. Okay. They were they were big. Um, these guys, I mean, they were probably about the size of smaller carpet sizes, what I would think. Um, I've bred those. It's about where I put it, I think. Yeah, they're they're pretty small. Um, I feel like the babies are probably smaller than carpets a little bit. Um, like I said, I've been bred carpets for for a long time, so I'm trying to remember how how big they were. Really, and I should have weighed them, but then I'm like, I don't know. I just don't weigh stuff that well. <laughs> and then I get some food in them. Like, well, what's the point now? I've already fed them like three times, and they've shed. Yeah. So, That's yeah, right. keep them made oh. out and such. That's right. I'm a, do you have weights on your adults or no? Um, I do somewhere. I gotta see what she's at. I haven't. I did check because I was kind of curious to see what she'd come out to. All right. uh, I think she was. You know, I haven't checked for a long time. I think she was close to like two thousand grams, but maybe a little bit bigger. 
Don't worry about checking now. Just send it to me later so I can yes. like, double check. <laughs> no problem. That's for me. I, will. And I, I did check last year, and I was All like, right. well, she's probably, probably big enough. And I, I think I did more out of curiosity than anything else. I was yeah. like, well, how much she does actually weigh. Because you hear people you know, obviously talking about weights all the time and such, and they're, oh, you shouldn't get them over exercise because they're just not going to be good breeders and such. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, where's this girl at? But she's... You know, she has a good, big, healthy weight, you know, at that size. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to get a measurement. I'll, I'll post that up to see what, the, see what she's at right now. Because I then don't compare to the males. I don't have weights on mine. And Eric and Rob were here, and they're both like, yeah. And I'm like, are you sure? It's like, and it's, <laughs> it's hurting me, right? Yes, Owen, yes, yes. No, no. They are breeding size. No, yes. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I promise you, they too are. Too soon. It's just good lord. Dude, they're like eight years old, dude, bro. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, you're not gonna break them. Uh, they, live, they live in the most remote, uh, you know, crazy part of Australia, man. I don't think in Birdsboro, PA, you're gonna break them. You don't know right. that. You don't know that. Yeah, yeah. And he knows. I mean, I don't know how big they are in the wild either. They're probably not getting a ton of opportunity for food. Oh, they probably would imagine, imagine, you know. Big. It, it, it's basically any other animal. It, However big it is in captivity, you've already gone way above what it would get. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I'm like trying 20, not to. You know, except for like the 20-year-old one that's been eating the neighborhood cats. It's like, that's right. the big one. Yeah. But that's like my, my inland. Like, I'm trying not to feed her because she's, she's always hungry. But she's yeah. she's big. I get her out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, girl, you are you're you're hefty, you know. She's hit that point where she starts filling out her head's getting big, and mm-hmm. she's always hungry. But I'm like, I don't want to feed you anymore. So, it Morelia does this thing where like you could feed them correctly, and, and you do it all correct. You do everything right on point. But if that flip, if that switch flips, and they decide that they're going to be gigantic, it's like that's just. Like their head will just fill out and then their body will fill out. And you're like, I didn't know I didn't do this. Like, <laughs> no, I fed you properly. It's like, you know, it's like, and then they just get big. And I'm like, well, all right. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Who's got rabbits? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. The other, side that, <laughs> the other side of that coin is I'm sitting here and I'm feeding these retics, these jumbo rats. And they're like, more. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Wow. No, they're God. supposed to get big. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you anyway, make, you're going to make friends with some farmers. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm actually going to a play. I'm actually going to a place tomorrow where they, they auction off uh, turkeys that are of like the males ones that are a little bit bigger than chicks. And I'm like, cool. Turkey <laughs> the size of quail. I'll take them. Perfect. Um, yeah. Buck a piece. Yeah. Don't. Um, anyway. Nice. So, um, <laughs> First off, I mean, like, if you're anything like me, when they're locking up and then you're getting closer to eggs, like, were you, like, freaking out? or <laughs> I was. It was, you know, okay. it was all working out too well. Uh, <laughs> where's the yeah. problem? Where's the shit? Exactly. What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And now I'll, I'll get into the incubation part later, which was all, yep. which was fine. That was fine. The clutch before it was terrible but um yeah when they started locking up and i was like this is kind of happening you know i think this is this is looking pretty good um my woman was already laid so i was like well all right so i kind of already been through like the breeding and like you know 
the, the eggs and, and getting them in the incubator and stuff. So I was kind of already like, okay, cool. I've already kind of, you know, I've got my feet on the ground. I've got some warm eggs and stuff like that going. So when they're going, I was starting to get more and more confident. I'm like, all right, they're starting to lock. That's a good sign. But, you know, that can mean nothing as well, too. Um, we'll see what happens. When she started to balloon up and I was like, all right, this is this is really starting to happen. And then she started to invert and she started just laying with her belly up. And I was like, all right, this is much better. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting to where we want to be. And then she went through her shed and I was like, she's still looking really good. And then I didn't see her for, you know, when I check on her and then open up the box and there she is just completely wrapped around a nice clutch. And, you know, if um, I talked with the idea, I was like, huh, maybe... No. No. <laughs> no. Like, oh. I was nice. like, it could could happen, but again, like you know, it was Todd's female, so I was like, all right, I should definitely, we should let's get these guys in the incubator and and pull them out. So, well, I pulled the clutch out and I set them up in the egg box. I just used. I went to a container store and got a food grade. I don't know why, but I felt the need to go <laughs> overspend and get food grade and all this other crap. Right. So I got some egg boxes. Um, the way I put them, and I basically, I think I sent you guys pictures of this. I kind of thought, like, I, I was thinking of, like, drainage ideas, mm-hmm. you know, to not get kind of a wet area. Um, so I put perlite down, and then I used moist vermiculite, that, you know, your typical squeeze it so it clumps and no water comes out. Uh-huh. Did a layer of that, did another layer of perlite, and then another layer of vermiculite, and then put a little light <laughs> diffuser there. So my idea was, like, well, if there's any water, it's going to work its way down. And right. it's going to stay in the bottom. Because with the Aki eggs, I use the sim containers. Right. And at this point, I don't even measure anything. So I put perlite in there, and I just pour water in there. But all the water sits at the bottom. I was like, well, that's not bad. You <laughs> know, at least it's not going to be touching anything. And it's going to find, like, a spot that's going to sit down there. And, right. you know, ideally not mold, because perlite's pretty solid about that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my idea about that. And I was kind of thinking, well, a light diffuser. But then when I got the clutch out, I was like, well, now clutch is too high with all this other stuff in here. So, um I kind of took it out and kind of made like a small little pocket for put the light diffuser down and then put the clutch in. Um, and I'm kind of torn between the whole idea of the light diffuser and then just like the natural kind of, you know, barium a little bit idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I kind of went half and half. And then with the Angolans, I just buried them and that worked out great too. With the Womas, I did the light diffuser like 100%. Okay. And that worked kind of okay. Like, they looked great all the way until we left for spring break, and then they decided to hatch while we were gone, like, over that week. Oh, what's and that I couldn't open up the bins to get, like, fresh air in there and stuff, so I lost some of those eggs. So mm. that all happened before I got the roughy eggs. So I was like, oh, God, I'm going to screw these up. This is going to go bad. <laughs> and it ended up working okay. And, you know, so I had 17 eggs, and I got 15 of them to hatch. So there was two dead in the egg that didn't make it, fully developed Damn. and everything. I'm not sure, you know, I should have been better about marking where they were in the clutch. I don't think it really mattered. So there's actually 18 eggs. One went bad right off the bat. I could tell, okay. you know, candled in, like that one's no good. Everything else, you know, they're getting kind of, you know, starting to look kind of rough towards the end too. And after the warm eggs, I'm like, oh, please just let's see what happens. And, you know, I end up getting 15 out of the 17 good eggs to hatch. And they just popped their little heads out. And I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> That's, that's what it's, that's, 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 what it's all that's about. cool. It's like, yeah, it's just, like I don't like I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to set a land speed record of getting them away from their mother yeah. into the incubator. Number one, <laughs> yeah, I think I did like you know the quintessential jump up in the air and pump yeah, this like fist pump jump kind Victory. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. end of a video game. Like strut around the house a little bit, you know. And dogs are like.
what is he doing? That's luckily I don't think anyone's around to scare him and the kids or anything. So I was just like, wow, this is that, you know, Terry, I told Todd right away. I was his female. I was like, dude, they're here. Cause he was counting down. He's like, I got my clock set. It should be, you know, it's a, it's going to be about 60, 65 days somewhere on here. So it means it should hit on this date. Like he was on it. He was like proud grandfather, you know? So <laughs> he's, he's keeping tabs. He's like, I know those babies are coming. And, so, um, yeah, we were right on the mark. They end up taking 64 days to hatch at uh, 87.5 degrees I'm, is what we what we dialed them in at. I'm going to have to take off work, like, the week that they're due, and I'm just going to stare into my incubator and just wait. <laughs> yeah, they, was, they all started to poke, you know, and I was like, uh, this, is, this is going good. And they all they all came, and then, the, you know, the last two, and I was like, ah, we'll see if they come. And sure enough, they just they didn't make it, you know, so. Yeah. But after with the Walmas, the week you know before that, I had eight eggs from them, and I got three to hatch. And I'm pretty sure the majority of the reason why is I mean that everything looks so good. Uh, we went to Florida to the kids to the beach and stuff for spring break, and um, my mother-in-law was here. She was peeking in, but she didn't want to open up the tubs, which I totally understand. I didn't yeah. ask her to either, you know. So. She's like, oh, they're hatching. I was like, oh, all right, cool. And then literally, like, the three made it, and the rest of them didn't. So I think it was just getting too wet and too much condensation and moisture right. in there. And so they didn't make it out, you know. So, so I ended up with three ones all that group. Three but, better um, than zero. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And they were, but the hard part was only they were fully developed, and they were knockouts. I was like, oh, of man, course they it. are. <laughs> it's always and the, the three that hatched ones. were really nice too. Exactly. Yes. So I'm like, at least I got a couple good ones, you know. Yeah. That look good, but some of the other ones too. I was like, oh, this clutch would have been dynamite. So, but there's next year, so I'm excited to not take the family on vacation next year and uh, <laughs> hope hope they stay on schedule. That are, honey, guess what? The Wilma eggs are coming with anyway. So. Right, exactly. We're bringing them with. They'll probably do right in Florida. Yeah. We'll just pop them up on the beach on a little blanket with us, you know. Good just sit, sitting there checking your Wilma eggs. Every yeah, exactly. Take them out for oysters. And I would. I do not fault you. This sounds like a great plan in my opinion. Yes, we could make it work. Yeah, it'll be all right. Um, She's like, well, we're not going to not go on family vacations around this time of year. I was like, I okay. understand that. <laughs> I hear right. you, but if they were rough scales, we would have. <laughs> so as far as setting them up, how bad has that been? Um, very easy. So basically I, I use the little uh, container store shoe boxes, which are they're a little on the smaller end, but for them they work fine. For the end girls, right. it's a little tight, so I had to kind of re, re-engineer what I was doing with those guys. Um, and so I basically just keep them on paper towel, and I use, I'm not even sure what this stuff's called, so like the green fencing that's either for the gutters Oh, or yeah. for like the land, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's, it's actually mesh fence or what it is. Um, so I just go through and I cut that into the little strip and make a little half moon. Um, and they basically perch on that all the day. So I'm kind of experimenting with some hide boxes and a couple of them to see if they'll go on the ground and hide um, or if they'll perch. And they're all perched, basically. So it's, it's odd because I could never get mine when they were younger to perch like on chondro sticks. They'd always want something larger and flatter to sit on. But which I think that's what they do like about this is because with like the half moon, it gives them a pretty good space because I mean they're not perched like a chondro; they're like laid out like laid on know, top like of a, it. Okay. Yeah, right. like a big spiral basically, you know. So they're using like four of three or four of those squares basically, and just completely sprawled out over the top of them. But they're really yeah, easy because you know I just actually I cleaned them all before I got on the call here just because I knew I was gonna be on the call in the room, and I was like I'm just gonna. It's going to bother me if I don't clean these. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just went through and did all the water bowls, uh, cleaned them all out and such, and I handled all, all of them and didn't get bit, so that was, that was impressive. Uh, that was good. And then I got to the Angolans, and they all wanted blood. <laughs> they, are, they are seriously like, people are like, oh, how are they different than ball pythons? I'm like, 
check they're out the angry. penguins. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not angry balls, but right. they are angry Angolans. <laughs> um, so yeah, setting up has been easy, and they're um, they're cool. They're all I mean they're they're so small. They're size of a half the size of a pencil basically you know uh-huh. as far as as body size and they got big dopey heads and the big eyes and big eyes oh, yeah God. exactly and they've kind of you know their labias are really cool where they've got like kind of almost like a teeth pattern kind of look to them you know mm-hmm. so they've got that really pronounced head on them so, i mean their heads are you know three times the size of their necks something like that so they mm-hmm. they're really neat looking they kind of almost look like little mini um bowling eye in a way nice uh. Yeah, that's, yeah, why, that's so, why nobody's getting any. They're all going to be mine. Yeah, <laughs> I've had some people asking already. And so Todd and I are splitting the clutch because obviously it was his okay. female and such. So uh, I've got to go through, resex them. We just, Terry Brill was in town. So we went through and first five, you know, the first ones we went through were like male, male, male. I was like, oh God. And then we just <laughs> went on a run of females. And I was like, I don't know if we did it right or not. But we ended did up you... with, I think, 5.10, which I'm like, that's way too perfect and too good. So. We're gonna. You, I'm gonna have to go through and resex them. Did you pop them or probe them or? We were just popping them. So okay. yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go through it again. And I was, was tempted to call some of the Conjuro guys. I know that live a little bit north of me here and see if you're like, hey guys, you're used to this kind of stuff. You want to come over and you know lend some fresh eyes and hands and. Bill, bring your big glasses and come over here. I'm curious since since people say they're so close to, you know, it's basically like a rock chondro. Have you noticed like, uh, you know, with with them, like the, the, I guess like the tail issue that, you know, why they don't pop chondros? I guess they must be more like carpets, right? They're a lot more like carpets. Yeah, they don't have that long, little skinny tail. I mean, they've got a a decent little tail to them, but they're a pretty thick base, like where the cloak is and such. It's definitely pretty pronounced. I mean, then they do have some longer tails and such, but when you roll them over, you're like, there's there's a pretty good little surface area for for popping them. They're not like uh, short tail pythons. It's pretty easy to tell (laughs) male from female. I mean, it's not. I I think so. I will. Yeah. yeah, If they, if if we're right and their odds are really good, then, then it was, then we're, then it was pretty easy. So, um, yeah, we'll have to go back with the males that we did tell. We're like, all right, that's definitely a male. And then we got some Mm -hmm. tweeners, you know, and such, but we're like pretty confident. We're pretty fairly confident and stuff. So, but just since I'm sending the clutch, you know, we're splitting with Todd. I'm like, I just want to double check everything make sure everything looks Right. You know, he gets yeah. to, you know, we, we, we split it up properly and he gets the right, you know, ratio that we're thinking we're going to have and such. Right. So, but it works yeah. out good because he's got a little blackhead that they, uh, that he hatched out. So I'm going to send him a package with, uh, I think, a couple of Angolan females and um, his rough scales. And I'm going to get a little package back with some different bloodlines for the Angolans and, and a little blackhead. So. Nice. Damn, don't you love yeah. the operation? <laughs> <laughs> this is, like I said, this is all worked out too good. So yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna have to personally deliver them out to California and make so, this work. You know, luck, luckily when Eric and I cooperate, I do all the work. But um, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's, um, the... well, you got to do work at some time. I mean, oh, I'm doing all the work right. for the show. You know I'm what I mean? I mean, <laughs> I'm editing and, uh, and whatever. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, damn, we're fighting in front of the. Uh, right. It's hard. It's hard to be the sidekick. So, and so now, I'm curious to hear both you guys, your thoughts. I mean, you know, do you, what do you think rough scales and herpticulture, where do you think they're going to go? Do you think it's going to be the ring python route where they're like super popular and then they don't, then nobody cares. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, $5,000 for a baby, <laughs> you know, something like yes. that. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm that's hoping my for. Plan. <laughs> yes. That's what I really want. I'm hoping for the boomerang. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, they're hard, you know, they start out and they go out there and they pull in a bunch and then they start kind of coming back and people start dialing back. I mean, we've seen it happen with all kinds of different species, Everything. which is unfortunate, you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, they are what they are, basically, at the end of the day. They're rough-scale pythons, which are really cool, but at the same point, there's nothing else to them that's going to really drive them to keep people interested in them, you know? Was people, well, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're really awesome to keep. I mean, I love them, and I'll always have them, you know? And I, I'm, you know, I don't really care where the market goes, but I know people are going to kind of be like, well, I'd like to, you know, I'm going to get them, and they're going to be available, and I'm sure I'll start bringing the market down on them and such for availability, but... Maybe at that point, then people will say, well, I'm not that interested in them. And then, you know, it just kind of bounces back up and such. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see where it goes. But, I mean, the, the funny part about it is, you know, you see the price come down a little bit on them here and there and stuff. And then you see some of this other stuff that's way more expensive. And I was like, that doesn't just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's like, why are those ball pythons still like 2500 bucks in this things that there's barely any of them in the world is less expensive? I mean, just it's, the story of them alone. I know. Is, I know. Right. <laughs> But it's one of those things where I think, it, like you said, the ring python is a great example. I think something like the olive python is a great example, too, where it's there and people like it because it's a big green snake. But then mm-hmm. it spikes up a little bit because albino popped up, but then no one cares. And like, and then right. they're right back down. <laughs> and it's one of those things of like, if you want it, you get it, and, you're, and it's awesome. But if you there's there's no project there of course now we just found out that brett is breeding the het pied so if yes. that starts <laughs> so i I'm hope you, taking that you one to the bank. doomed us like i can't believe you did this like it's so that's just the thing is like you know feed as, them as, to the blackheads now kill it. <laughs> yes yes I mean, it's, it's like, a diamond make yeah. more make uh you know white oh, yellow God, and stop. brown with bumpy scales, like no, yes. oh god, perfect. Um, <laughs> so that's the, I think we're, that's where we're gonna go is we're gonna have a point where people who aren't really too interested in the species just want to breed it because of the price tag and how rare it is. Yeah, uh, breed it, and we're gonna have this one thing where eventually we're just going to have a ton of ruffies, and they will drop below the thousand dollar mark, in my opinion. Yeah, and then after oh. that, after that, you'll have that point where people will either get rid of their adults. They won't breed them. People who shouldn't have them will grab them, and you know we'll have the some animals will die, and all this stuff. And then eventually it will they'll disappear, and it'll be like ring pythons, where somebody somewhere is gonna be like, hey, whatever happened to those? And then they'll have a reinsurgence. So here I am. Yeah, <laughs> I the whole but, wall of them. By yeah. then, I'll have a small army, and right. uh, you know yes. I'll have a I'll have a room just for them, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Beautiful. That's my goal. I'm going for the 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 roughy wall here oh. once I get everything like reestablished. So, uh, the adults and the babies in there, and have some room for some grow outs and such. And just one wall is just going to be roughies. I mean, there's they no- are that they are that cool. They're they're they are. People always ask me like, "What is it? Is just the rough scales?" I'm like, "It's not. It's just I when you hold them and the way they sit. <laughs> exactly. They just they the way they sit out and they they hold themselves and the head structure and the eyes. Like I was talking about earlier, they're just like they're so different. You know, it's, that's really cool. It's everything cool about a carpet python and everything cool about a chondro mixed into yeah. one, and then right. add bumpy scales. So it's like exactly, it's, yeah, with the, with a twist, with a twist. <laughs> so it's like that. It, they are they are really really that cool, and you know it's. I think yeah. they f- I think they fall into that category of snake where you have to see them in person. Yes. Um, yes. The you know pictures are cool and all, but like when you see one and you're holding one, there's just something about it that's. 
Yeah, and they're a good size too. Yeah, they I mean, are. They're they're big, but they're not that big. You know, the female, like my female, is pretty good size, but she's still not that big by any means. When you're holding her and stuff, and the males are quite a bit smaller and such, but they're still the way they display and and, and you know naturally the way they move and such is just. They make it really cool. And the way they perch, too, like I've, I've yeah. used um, driftwood, and I screwed it to the side of the cages that are kind of elevated. And I'm looking at my male right now. He's just, you know, curled up, and he's sitting right up there on the corner. Yep. Sitting on a piece of driftwood with his head just kind of laid out, and, like, his tail's, like, tip of his tail's right next to his head. And it's like, ooh, that'd be a good picture. Yeah, Brett, do you, um, <laughs> have you, like, do you show them the people when people aren't, like, that impressed you're like what the hell yeah like, exactly. I've, I've had a few people over here and i'm like look here's a rough skin i'll put it in their yeah. hands they're like that's neat i'm like give it like, give me this like, yeah. you must get leave out. now <laughs> i get i get a lot of oh my friend had one of those shut up <laughs> and i'm like i think it's probably a different species yeah just, no no it was brown like that and like i'm pretty sure uh-huh, because it's the only only one brown <laughs> snake it's it only one right right yeah, exactly that's yeah. like the guy at uh, that Owen and uh, I think I was there. I don't know, or maybe Owen, you were there, or whatever. But uh, you know, the person that walks up to the table at Hamburg and says basically that they bred Bull and I. They just yeah, you in know. his garage, <laughs> under his car. Yeah, they yeah. they just didn't share it with the world. You know, yeah, and it's exactly. just like you know, I, I, I just did it in the garage. Secret no, no. is, gotta get him cold. And I'm like, thank God you're here. I'll <laughs> tell the rest of the guys because <laughs> they've been trying all kinds of shit. Yeah, who knew? Get them cold. Yeah. Nope pictures anything else yeah. yeah maybe it was the colons maybe it did the colons I really, I really don't have an ego you know so i don't want to like you know yeah. put it out there you just, know yeah <laughs> that on, you just man. produce a 7500 dollars animal right yeah and no one else barely anyone else in the states or the world has really done before right i'd rather just give them away to friends shut up mm-hmm. shut up yeah it's like, great for kids yeah God. Anyway, <laughs> that's where I think that they're going in herpticulture. Okay, yes. fair enough. I, I think though yeah. they had when they first arrived, they had all these paths in front of them. And it's like imagine if ruppies were very, 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 very difficult to breed, like bull and eye level. Right. They would be up there in that class, but because they breed like bunnies, apparently it just kind of keeps happening. So I think that'll be what happens. You'll hit that high water mark, and then it'll go down. The only thing that will change all of that is if some happenstance an incomplete dominant morph arrives and then we're, then we're boned because then, then it will explode and go left much like how carpet python did right um, i think there could be something down the line as far as maybe breeding for uh ones with more brown on them breeding for ones that it might have some kind of stripe thing on them but as far as like building project projects no you're, no, yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have a pair, and that's it. Yeah, no, I think you hit it perfectly there. I mean, that's that's kind of my idea in general. It's like quality in, quality out. Yep. Yeah. So my plan for the holdbacks, which I kind of want to talk to you guys about too, and see what your ideas are and how to start uh, projects once after you produce. Yep. It was kind of starting to kind of cherry picking for gold colors a little bit more, you know, so get more of the contrasting things that are have more of the the brown with the gold kind of pattern in there, and then also different kind of head scales and neck striping. So I've noticed there's some neck striping. Like I think Matt's got a pretty nice one that's got some striping on the neck. And yeah, Matt, like, that's kind of cool. Matt and I have um, siblings, and we got them from day D, and I got them because they have those stripes going down their necks. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So I'm gonna get make ones with the racing stripes, and then I'll yeah. be special. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would imagine part. that over time you'd probably be able to refine that. Of I course. Would, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. 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 Tri stripes. 
Yeah. Yay. Now it's, <laughs> try now it's worth, that's worth $100 oh, more. Yes. It's like, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. So in this situation, producing, you know, the first clutch, having, I've got 2.1 adults, and I've got that female from David D who's two years old now. What would you guys hold back as far as animals, like ratios and such? Like, what's your, your ideas on that whole idea of whole situation to hold back and kind of building projects? I think you should hold Besides Eric, don't answer because you'll just yeah. keep them all. Forget you. <laughs> yeah, the Eric's Burk like, him. easy. He burned them. It's like, no, like, <laughs> shut up. Um, so no, it's the, um, I think the first thing is you definitely want to keep back uh, girls. So potentially, I think you'd go as far as two females. Yeah. Because um, I think you want to build that up because eventually, because that your breeding female is not yours. Uh, right. It's part of a yep. loan. And yep. the eventual idea is that, you know, your 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 friend will have a male that will be old enough and he shall take his female back and you'll have females that are old enough and you guys can go your separate ways and not have to split clutches anymore yep. you know that's how that could but that's how that that's i imagine the end goal of that um so you definitely want to keep some girls back because you don't want to let her go and then have one girl <laughs> nothing like, yeah, right exactly exactly like, you want to have maybe i would say two females um I would also say that as far as your boys go, you know, you have two males. Two males, yeah. I'd say you're pretty good on boys, but I think maybe the next clutch in, you maybe want to keep back a boy. Here's the thing is I, I always say with, with, with having holdbacks, it's fantastic. Grab it. Hold it. Hold on to it. In a year or so, sell it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, get, yeah. Let it go. Like, you know, hold on to this guy. Raise him for a year. Oh, crap. Here comes another clutch. Hey, that boy's kind of cool looking. That one can leave now. It's like that's yeah. all right. It's all within your power, but you can't get it back. You can rarely ever get it back after it's gone. So sure. I would say holding on to it is definitely where I would err on. And I've that's something I did not do in the beginning of my carpet career. And it's something I've kind of beaten myself into because I painted myself on a lot of corners where I had more females than males. Or I had a female of this type when it really would have been nice to have a boy too. Oh crap. I sold three of them. Like, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, right. so it, it's kind of that whole thing where, where I try to keep, um, 1.1 of each clutch a year for myself. And then the following year, I will decide if they're staying or not. Okay. So, because stuff changes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Terry's got, I mean, Terry Burrell produced 15 of them this year as well, too, I think. It's somewhere around there. Right. Uh, and he hasn't lost them yet. So that's good. <laughs> In the garage. <laughs> that's a funny story. We'll get into that one later. <laughs> His whole diamond project was pretty, pretty comical. A lot of heartbreak and funny stories and good success. Um, but I was thinking about doing some trading with him too, so we might swap some bloodlines. Which again, there, what kind of bloodline are we really working uh, with? There are none. You know? I mean, that's right, the problem. Exactly. exactly. So, like right here, I'm sitting here, and um, I know of several people that produced stonewash and headstone wash clutches the same time I did. This, this, this whole thing. And I'm probably going to, instead of keeping my 1.1 back, I'm going to keep a female back, and I'm going to talk to them about swapping a boy. And then I'm going to get a boy of unrelated stonewash to hold back with myself. And that's yep. how I'm going to build up that pair. Um, and it's easy. But as roughies go, it doesn't matter. There's yeah. they, they, they all come from the same <laughs> original clutch. <laughs> like, kind of what I was thinking, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. Maybe if you want to change sex ratios, like say – some may say like next year you and Terry both produce and 
Terry is so male heavy, it's ridiculous. And you're the opposite. You're female heavy and you want to kind of swap it up so that your clutches are more even because, you know, people are going to want pairs. That's something you do. That's an option. But as far as bloodlines or maybe I would go as far as if one of them had a certain look that you were looking for. So. Well, there's there's really only the one bloodline, right? I mean, exactly. But right. let's say let's say I had two. Let's say my two male ruffies were very very dark, lots of brown, no pattern, and Terry hatches like a female that looks just like that. Maybe I want to do that to see if maybe I can start getting more darker and darker ruffies. Like maybe that's something you trade for, or maybe that's something you swap for. But uh, as far as like. Bloodline stuff, I, I, I wouldn't even worry about it. A roughie is a roughie is a roughie at this point. Unless it's been mixed with a jungle diamond. <laughs> <laughs> then that's it's not. <laughs> that's, a hot, that's a hot animal. It's a hell. Apparently people were like, who wants to pull their money and buy it for own? I'm like, stop. It's not that expensive. <laughs> like, this is so dangerous. Please no. And I'm like, yeah, just... Several people on that chat, including you, know my address. It's like, <laughs> right. uh, this could be very bad for me. <laughs> Excellent. Throw it, throw it to a caramel jag. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, God, Eric would be like, are you all right? Like, what's wrong with you? That's, yeah, that's kind of my feelings, too. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was going to hold that couple of females. So. Yeah. I was just kind of curious to see from, you know, a different perspective because I'm kind of in the same situation with the Angolans, too. I've got access to some other bloodlines, too, so, which those are actually pronounced more actually diverse exactly. bloodlines, you know, so it makes yeah. a lot more sense to that kind makes of do a some swap in there. Yeah, sure. that, that I would totally swap everything with those because, I mean, and also, are you going for a certain look with the Angolans or is it just like, I don't know yet? I don't know yet. All right. <laughs> actually, well, I, I should have bought some from uh, Gary. He had some. Mm-hmm. He man. He had he had some nice looking ones. Like his females really like color, which I, I like that a lot too. So, um, and I kind of like the head patterns too, where they get the full arrowhead triangle kind of done. Yeah. So my both my adults have that one that produced didn't actually had like just a broken spot behind its head. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll keep that one and see what happens from there too. So. I have a picture of this wild Angolan. That I think Chris Salemi sent it to me. I'll have to send it to you because it is. Freaking badass! Is it that like yeah. that reddish kind of like yeah. right one? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. saw it? Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, you sent man. it to me. Yeah, yeah, it's really. That's cool. yeah, Gary. Gary's probably his were along. Not maybe not that fired up red, but man, he had some nice red ones too. I reached out to him like, "Can I get a mail?" He's like, "They are gone." I was like, "Damn it!" Gone <laughs> <laughs> right? That was one of those things. I was like, "Yeah, maybe I should get one." And I'm like, "All right, why not just buy one?" You know, I'm like, "I just get one from him." So. I'm like, I won't regret it. And then, of course, they were already all gone. He's like, they went fast. I was like, darn, because that was that, yeah, he had some really nice ones. That's so weird because, you know, you, 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 Angolans are so popular, but so it's almost like they're behind the scenes popular. Right. Like they're, they're, when they emerge and when they appear, when a clutch is laid, they don't ever make it to the show. They barely make it out of the incubator. They don't, and sometimes they make it a line, but they're gone quickly. But you don't ever hear anybody talk about them like at shows. They're not they, the the ball python guys are like, well, this is the Morphrac, and then I have the locality stuff and the Angolans over here. It's right. like it's like it's not there. And you'd figure you almost feel like the Angolans would walk the same path as a rough scale python. That it's almost like yeah. that's their version of it. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's not there. It's the we'll make the angry balls. Well, nobody seemed to like those. All right, that's enough. <laughs> right. It's like uh, what? Wait. And it's like. Yeah. And, 
some of those things, like there's some really pretty Angolan pythons out there. And it's almost like I expect there to have been different lines with different colors and stuff like that. But it's yeah. kind of a jumbled mess. That's kind of one of those things. They just, you know, like the rough, they are what they are. You know, yeah. if, you, if you produce them, you produce them. And, you know, there's there's different, line, you know, the quality is pretty much the same. I mean, maybe some are a little bit nicer than others, but they really, but the one thing about like Angolans, the babies are incredible, you know? Yeah. It's kind of funny when I go through the tubs. I'm like, "Wow, oh, these things are gorgeous." I mean, just like the, the the gold is so much brighter out and such too. So I'd be curious to see how they how they color up over time. Yeah, they're they're those secret animals that I don't let Eric know that I'm looking at them when I come to his room. <laughs> like I I'll just, be like, "What's what's that over there?" And I open the Angolan drawer and just kind of like drool on them a little bit, and then I close it before he turns around. So. Yeah, I just sent a, <laughs> I just sent a picture of some some wacky patterned ones that I saw a long yeah. time ago. Because look, you could in our little refine, chat, you could refine that stripe. I'm like, you could work on that. That could be a project. Yeah, mm. really get cool. on it. <laughs> I can't. I. You know, <laughs> we already had this conversation. If I get in Golan's, people have to sign non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> No one can ever come on the show and talk about getting Angolan <laughs> pythons. Like it's it's going to have to be one of those things that we just don't discuss ever again because um, Eric would not let me live that one down. So absolutely, yeah, those yeah. are nice. Yeah, that stripe one would. Oh, that is wow. pretty sweet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. You almost got like a stone wash, and you almost got like a super stripe. Some stone, yeah, like yeah. speckling on the one on the left. Yeah, that's those are nice. Yeah. So. They're great animals. They're cool, and their personalities are neat too. They're kind of you get them out. Mine are like they're they're kind of like a berm in a way, more yep. so than like a ball. Yeah, you know? that's what's yeah. really cool about them. And like my female's pretty good size. I mean, she went when she laid her eggs. It took a lot out of her, so she's she's putting weight back on. But those six eggs when they came out, I was like, oh, sorry, girl. Like you're <laughs> really like she was big before she had them, and it took a lot away from her. So, but she's she's feeling great, and she's. A lot more ravenous than she was before she laid her clutch, which is good. So she's definitely packing it back on. But they're they're really neat animals in general. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah cool. I like them a lot. We will we'll hit on those, but uh, we got a lot of people that want to hear about Walmart Python. So yeah, let's talk about first. What are you working with? Like, are you working with specific bloodlines from specific people? Because your so homas just, are nice. <laughs> nice. I've, well, you can thank Justin Julander. He's, <laughs> <laughs> Justin does have some nice womas, yes. Yep. So I got my pair from Justin. Um, bought his babies, raised them up, and they produced this year. They went really early this year for me, too. I was surprised. I was kind of they, – they just started getting really active and started cruising, like, kind of late fall. So I was like, well, this is kind of strange, and I threw them together. And they were already breeding, like, by, like, December and such, too. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of strange. I mean, I had eggs on the ground, and when was that? Yeah, they lay, actually, she laid eggs on the, 20, on the first, 21st of January. Okay. So, yeah, really strange. I didn't really even cool them or anything. So, um, so yeah, I got them from Justin, raised them up. Um, I don't know. I don't have the full story on his bloodline. I think he definitely, I thought he said, like, some... Python Pete line, some along line, and some from Arts. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I think in the. I know when Python Pete was getting out of it. I think he said that. I don't know if this was on our podcast or if on Reptile Radio, but uh, basically he talked about he went and he bought like most of what he had left, like kind of took on his collection of Python Pete and. Yeah. I remember his uh, his Womas are just man, they're sharp. They're really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about Womos. I mean, 
I was just talking to Todd about that today because I'm, I'm kind of on the track right now where I'm going to build up a, a small little group of them, you know, beyond this pair that I have. Right. So I'm going to hold back the females that I have. Now I'm out there looking for males. I mean, you guys know, I just, I just bought another little male I came across. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to kind of keep going and trying to pick, cherry pick the best ones I can find and just build a little group of them. Because when you refine those guys, I mean, they're unbelievable. They're gorgeous yeah. animals. You know, they have bright orange bellies on them. And, my goal to produce is like real clean. Uh, it's weird, the, the actually like the yellow sides, like the cream bands. Right. Like sometimes it almost gets like a hint of like greenish to it almost when it gets really clean. Um, which is, I mean, the one I had way back in the day from Rare Earth was that that male is the same way. It's really nice dark orange bands and almost like green sides that kind of trickled up on the sides and with an orange belly in there. They're really gorgeous animals. So my goal is to kind of, you know, build up with that and really selectively breed these guys because if you can produce some nice Romas, I mean, they'll hopefully just kind of get away from some of the muddy ones that are out there because I think people, like everything else, just kind of start, you know, well, Roma's a Roma, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, it really actually does. Yeah, you it know? does. <laughs> so you can make yeah. a huge difference just by picking nice ones and bringing them together because within the first generation, it clearly shows that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess let's, well, maybe break down. I mean, what kind of cage? Are you keeping them in what? Caging or racks? Yep. Or, okay. Nope. I keep my guys in um, the T8s, so the 48, 24, 12-inch tall uh, animal plastic cages. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I've got them set up in there. Um, these guys, I just need the terrestrial, terrestrial um, hide box for them. Right. So I just use like the RBI in the ground. Uh, females got kind of a nest box I leave in there for just for the heck of it, you know, just to play around it and such. Right. Um, otherwise, just keep them right on Aspen. They burrow and kind of cruise around through there and stuff. So keep them fairly basic for the most part, but definitely give them some room. Like I'm watching my male right now, and he's flying all over the place, just kind of checking things out. So they, they're definitely active animals. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, so the, the, I feel like the 48 works pretty well for them, and they're probably a good they're probably a good four feet themselves, I would say, in length. So they could probably stretch across from the edge to edge, and that, that's about it. I'm kind of curious. I should try the reed stacks on them, though. I wonder. I bet they'd probably really like those. I think they'd do. I, I, the problem is I, I see Womas as, like, They'll they'll do anything. Sure. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that branch sums them up perfectly. Actually, it's branching here. All right. Yeah. I'll climb it. Like, oh, there's a cave. Cool. Let's do that. It's like they <laughs> do not care. Like I, I, it's, and I had, um, I think I got ten eggs, not not in, uh, uh, not nineteen. I got them in eighteen, and I set them up, and they bombed. And they were, I knew they were infertile when I candled them, and they were not nothing but bright yellow. But I'm like, I have to try, and then I got so disappointed when they bombed. But I, I am, I'm hopeful for this year. But they just do not care. And had, did you see with your womas? Are they kind of? Is the male maybe an aggressive breeder? Yes. My oh, yeah. my male actually did damage to my female's scales from like the back of her head down her entire body because he was just spurring the hell out of her like it didn't matter what part of her body he was near he was just spur the hell out of it yeah and they're basically the australian clubred okay you know <laughs> colubrid whichever you want to call them they're like no no there's you know, the the day. <laughs> so they really they they are very eager breeders for sure i mean my male same deal he didn't really do any damage but he was definitely when he was breeding he was breeding there's no question about it i mean he was you know riding on just you know trying to just basically get it and that's that's when i was like i, I think it's time to breed them you know i'm gonna throw them together and see what happens and he was he was out cruising around like i could probably put him in there now and i bet he would, he would try to breed her 
no kidding. without any cycling. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, I was, I was surprised. Cause I was like, well, I was assuming I was going to have to go through the whole process of trying to cool them down and do that, you know, the whole deal from everything else that we do. So it seems like they seem to be somewhat straightforward as far as the breeding goes. I think the issue always comes to the eggs, right? I mean, yeah, that was my issue. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I mean, I bred them back in like 2000, and I kind of had the same issue. But again, as you know, this is way pre, you know, internet where we had all the information out there and stuff. There was some information trickling out because I remember I did try to do like the light diffuser on top of vermiculite and that whole deal. Uh-huh. Um, and I did hatch out some eggs, but it was pretty rough looking. You know, by the end, they were pretty. Some definitely some moldy kind of decomposing eggs and such. So um, these guys, I try to do completely the opposite. You know, keep them real dry, keep them, you know, keep the humidity up, but keep it dry, which I think is part of the issue. Um, I, you know, if we weren't out of town, I'd be curious to see how it worked out because I feel like I was on the right track with it. You know, but that last week, um, I think it was Jason Hood that mentioned that. Um, he cools them down like a couple of degrees towards the end, basically. So like the last 10 days, they start dropping the temperature down a little bit okay. so that they, um, they seem to kind of help them out with the incubation. So I don't know. I'll be curious. So I didn't have a chance to really try that or kind of open the, the box. Cause a lot of people say a lot of times you just got to really exchange that oxygen a lot mm-hmm. by opening up the box, like the, you know, the last week and a half, two weeks or so, just kind of keep exchanging that air and exchange that air. And like I said, we were on the town that whole time. So that was kind of a, kind of a bummer, you know, it was like, they're looking good when I left and when I got back, it was a whole different story. They're just, right. I don't know if they, they heated up way more and they just caused that much more condensation, but it was definitely seeing condensation build up on the side and such. Yeah. Totally sealed box. Do you think if you did like the Condro guys, they'll do something where they'll put like a hole in the box I think Bill says tape it, and then as it gets yep. closer, they take it off. That's actually what I do with pretty much all my eggs. So I, I do put um, I put a hole in each corner and one in the middle, uh-huh. um, and then I take a piece of duct tape and kind of fold it over to make like a little you know tab for it, and I cover mm-hmm. the holes. Right. And then I kind of manipulate the air a little bit here and there too. If I need to, I'll pull it off and such. So um, I was able to do it at the rough scales, and I think that definitely helped out. I and mean, with the Angolans, I don't know if it mattered much, but I did the same. I, you know, if I had a chance to do it at the Walmas, I think it would have made a big difference, just because you kind of you know be able to keep them a lot drier and such. Because I mean, they obviously see all the eggs went the distance they just you know the five didn't make it yeah right, right. Hmm. damn yeah yeah well like i said next year <laughs> so, <laughs> Always we're next on year. there no, right. no family vacation right yeah. the summer right. and try that guy so yeah i'll be curious to see but um yeah i'm excited for romans i mean i think there are people there's some interest in them again and I think you just gotta kind of everyone needs to start refining the bloodline and start pulling those oranges out again and nice nice power bands on them and such I can't believe they're not as popular as you know what I mean. They're just such a cool looking snake, man. I mean, but I they're don't know. but they're mean yeah. and they in the eat. And they, need, <laughs> they need something bigger than a thirty two quart bin. It's like of course that's why. It's like you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Especially the babies too. Like mine kind of rounded out. I don't know if yours yours kind of do that. But when they're babies, they're so flat and laterally yeah. flat. You know, where they're yeah. kind of like, wow, you're weird. You're like a you know like a, a tall oval. <laughs> and then, like, the adults kind of, you know, they, they kind of round out a little bit when they get a little bit bigger. Which, right. but when they're babies, they're like, wow, look at that cool head, and they have the big eyebrows and such. And they are neat. And they feed like crazy, too. I mean, they're so easy to feed. And I think they're very, um, you know, I've never really heard of people having, like, respiratory problems or anything else with them. I think they're pretty bulletproof as far as that goes. Yeah. yeah. 
Probably because where they come from is probably <laughs> right. <laughs> of Australia, it's like, unforgiving. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. They're like yeah. you are going to make it through this Hell's Gate. Right. <laughs> Either you're okay. going to make it, or you're going to die. Yeah. So. I what don't know. about as far as I mean, you don't do anything. It's just basically same setup as the Ruffies as far as temps and stuff like that go. I mean, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they're actually in the uh, the taller. They're in the taller top two cages. Right. So the hot air pretty, the top. yeah, the hot air exactly. So I'm like, well, the Wilmers are like that. So, so <laughs> that. and right. um, yeah, so I'll be kind of curious. Like I'm looking at their their herb stat right now. I mean, it's like 90 up there, I think, and they have no heat turned on at all. Like it, they would have turned it would have turned on. I think at like 86 or 88. I think I have the, the heat pad at. Right. Um, so they're just whatever it is. Is they basically just get the hot air up there, and they're they're super active and digesting and such and cruising. You nice. feeding them just rodent diet, all that kind of stuff. Yep, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I've had no problems with the babies getting them going. They just kind of fired right up off the bat. Um, I've one that's kind of a struggler, so um, my experience is just you just kind of keep feeding them, and eventually they'll just kind of kick it on their own. Because I've been doing a little force feeding with her mm-hmm. to get her going. The other two just won't stop eating for the most part, and same with the adults. So uh, my rule of thumb is I try to feed kind of more food like more smaller foods just more often kind of deal um you know so i don't give them big rats or anything like that like they'll get like medium rats even though they can have something bigger or small like i feed my male small rats usually female may get a medium but they're not big mediums you know they're not like there's not much difference between the smalls and the mediums i get really yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. Same here. Yeah. Which is which is okay. I'm like you know because sometimes you get mediums. You're like that's a big rat. <laughs> so. Well, also they, they charge more for mediums even though they're not that much different. And then it's right. like all right, go to hell. So. Yeah. I've been, I've been going to Big Cheese. They're up in uh, in like the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice. I'll order on on Monday and they'll be here on Tuesday with ground shipping. So they just nice. pack them up and they're yeah they come next day and such. So it works out pretty easily. Nice. Now you do blackheads too. You haven't. I mean, what do you have as far as that goes? I've only got. I've had one blackhead. So, okay. uh, right. yeah, it's funny. I was on, uh, I think Fauna, like just looking at classified ads, and I was like, ah, oh, it's a pretty blackhead, and it's actually in Austin. Weird, and it's was nine hundred dollars. It's a female. So I'm like, all right, huh. I'll sell it. I'll sell a little <laughs> push, tree. Yeah, exactly. Button, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, kind of weird. And I was like, and I had just sold the trio of Ackies for like nine hundred. So I was like, huh. All right, I will. Uh, I'll call this guy. Sure enough, he he got them from Don Meeker in Oklahoma, and real nice looking. I think it's an Eastern Western cross, but it's got really nice bands and it's got some good color to it. Uh, you know, kind of the mix between the brown and the orange rust, kind of. Yeah. But um, they're they're cool animals. I mean, they're they look at you differently. You know, it's like they're kind they of like indigo. You know, the the way that they kind of size you up and the way they move and just yeah. the way they huff and puff. They're just completely, especially from the Womans, too. I mean, they're completely different from those guys, too. Like, my Womans are whatever. They're like noodles, you know, like wet noodles. They're just kind of flopping around. These guys, you come in, and they'll cruise around, and they'll line you up and look you straight in the eyes. You know, and you're kind of like, huh, that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> All right, then, yeah. I'll do this here, you know, and um, so she's cool. And she's, uh, I think, two years old, so she's probably just a little bit over four feet now, and she's taking down, you know, small to medium rats as well, too. Okay. Um, and I'll be getting a mail from Todd here in just uh, probably within the next month or two. Awesome. So, yeah, I'll keep a pair of those guys and raise them up and such. They were uh, I've always liked them. I had a pair a long time ago and kind of got out of them and such. But they're, they're neat animals, you know, and they're just they're such oddballs, too. And I guess that's kind of, kind of what my collection is based on is trying to find some normal 
abnormally, you know, oddball hmm. animals, kind of between like the rough scales and the Angolans and the Walmas and the blackheads and such, just trying to find something that's natural but different, you know, right. than everything else. So, like, comparing and contrasting, I mean, like, which one do you like more, the Woma or the blackhead? Depends what day. Okay. <laughs> That's like asking, do you like Good Eric or answer. Owen better? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the answer is always Owen. I don't understand what you're getting. Right, exactly. Owen's kind yeah. of more like the Woma. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Psychotic, doesn't know where he's at, flails around. Yeah, exactly. Or just, you know. Cool, calculating. Yeah, I got it. Right. Don't worry, I get it. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I I like the the blackheads are cool. I mean, I do like the ones a lot too, because um, the color is nice on them too. So they're just they're so different, you know. And it's um, it's kind of a toss up. I, I, you know, once I get into the blackheads and keep them a little bit longer and such, I'll be kind of curious to see how they are as adults. Did I haven't really made it to that point with them. Did you ever produce blackheads when you had them previously, or no? I never got that far with them. No, okay. I had I had a pair and raised them up, and I'm trying to remember what I did with them. I think I sold them to um gosh i don't remember yeah it was a long time ago so i ended up selling them off and i think they produced some clutches from them um who's uh origin what is that natural origins or origin origin selections I'm trying to think of his name the guy down on the east coast does all the bloods and such yeah. selective origins yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think it was that we, we did some trades back in the day like that's Matt, like early... uh, Matt Turner. Matt Turner, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah. We actually, I got some blackheads. I either bought them from him or silver mine, but then I also sold him his uh, his black white lips that he produced <clears throat> way back in the day. Yeah, that was funny. Uh... It's like, it's like I'm really interested. I'm like, all right, man. So I think we end up doing some kind of deal. I met again blackheads from him, and then I sent him my white lips, and then he produced them, produced them. Like he raised them up and produced them. I was like, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. See him actually go through it. You know, finish the whole project up and such, but. Yeah, so I was never able, never bred them yet. So it's something that um, it's it's gonna be a long term project, obviously. But my female's got a good two year start, so nice. it's kind of like you know we've kind of talked about that before too. Just kind of picking up females here and there and start off with females and Always. head start for a year or two and then get the males and kind of let them all kind of develop into a, a little pair that way or a little you know a little group. Mm-hmm. I say that and I look around. I've got like four random lone males here from different it, stuff. No, <laughs> lone males just happen, and it happens regardless of what you do. So you try your best to start with females, and then when the lone males happen, there's only like four, and that's okay. Right. That's manageable. <laughs> if you're exactly if that's you okay. try, you'll end up with twenty lone males, and you'll be like, "What the hell?" So like, yeah, right now I have both my white lips are lone males, and then. Uh, the hell is what else i got here is just a boy something else but it's a, you know there's a bunch of shit oh yeah yeah it always does happen but yeah it's one way to get into them it's usually some kind of like you know i'm like i always want to get into those so and there's somebody else I'm like all right i'll grab one and I'm like, <laughs> why did i do that but it's pretty it's cool <laughs> yep yeah no. You do it, and you're like, but there's a ton of females out there now. And then, like, it's almost like the second you buy it, all yeah. the female ads are, like, gone. And you're like, no. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then you, Inlands, you also have them, too, right? You I them? do. Right. Yep, I've got a pair, again, from Justin, Mr. Uh, Julander. Nice. So I've got a, a Mog male, and uh, he's a 2017, so mm-hmm. he's a little bit younger. And then I've got a 2015 female. That's the ARR, so it's his line female. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and they bred this year. I, I did end up with uh, 15 eggs, but they're all duds. So that's kind of a bummer. It. But you yeah. know, I was, oh. 
Everybody's having a bad year. Yeah, and, and yeah. my mail was small, you know. Yeah. So I was, it was one of those things I was like, you know, we'll see what they do. And hey. he actually did show some action, but I'm like, I don't know if I actually even saw like a full lock or not, you know. And then she ovulated and she laid eggs and such. And I was like, you know, she's, she's looking good. She was, she was fully inverted a lot, you know. So I was like, yeah. well, that's a good sign. Uh, we'll see. Maybe this will happen. And then, you know, I poked in there and she had a nice wrap around them. I'm like, well, that's actually, I saw a couple kicked out, but I was like, okay, that's okay. Yeah. You know, if there's a couple out there, maybe there's some good ones in there. And I got in there. I was like, there's nothing. So nothing good. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, she went through the cycle. So that's good. And that was a head start for her and he'll catch up to next year. I'm curious. Yeah. Did, when did you time frame wise, when did you breed them more in the spring or in the winter? Yeah. Kind of. Kind of the winterish, you know. I probably went a little too early with them. I think oh. um, I was kind of going on the same time frame as the um, as the roughies and stuff like that. So maybe I went too early with them. And I, I think the big part was my male. You know, too I think small. if he was, yeah, I think yeah. he was just too young. So and it's it, it's weird, especially with the spring breeders. I mean, I had two bread life female go this year, one with a male that it was his first season, had the perfect twenty two eggs. The other one was a female. It was her first season, but it was a proven like three times over boy, all slugs. So it's like, all right, I don't hmm. know what's to happen anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know what you guys want, but whatever, we'll just try again next year. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it seemed to be a weird year for a lot of different species. I, I just reached out yeah. to John's jungles out in California. He's got some really nice Wilmas and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll reach out to him and see if you know he was producing some really re- like reduced pattern orange animals and stuff, you know, and reached out to him. He's like, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think art, art didn't produce any of them this year. And, um, you know, just kind of hit or miss, you know, it, it was kind of strange. So it, it doesn't seem to be species specific at all. No, when, when, when Nick Mutton's like, it's a weird year. I only produced yeah. 400, <laughs> 400 babies. And we're like, what? <laughs> it's like, man, I don't, yeah, man, whatever. But yeah, it's, that's it soft to him. That's right. You know, Next year, I find that when you have a pair that results in like a uh, uh, a slug clutch, the next year they tend to kind of come back with a vengeance, and either <laughs> yeah. either either they're going to have another slug clutch, which means you need to start figuring out about which ones you're going to swap out, or you're going to have like like say her slug clutch was eight eggs, the next year she's going to have eighteen, and they're all going to be perfect. <laughs> so it's like, all right, whatever. So yeah, perfect. I kind of find Even it that way. Nice. Even Stevens. Yeah, evens the scales out. So Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're they're neat animals. I mean they're they're cool. The color, you know, like you said, they're blue. It's weird. You can never get a good picture of them. Just a lot of times I take them out, I'm like, wow, they're really they're fired up today and they're like gorgeous. They have like cool kind of like exanthically kind of blue. Yeah, man. Color to them. You just take a photo and you're like, well, that's gone. (laughs) (laughs) It cannot capture these I, I do find I do like the mog better than all the other ones like the Schofield and everything else so I don't know um, do you have a preference when it comes to those things or is it just like it's a pretty blue inland thingy cool I like the rust kind of that comes in with it too mm, yeah. okay. but I don't have any that have rust on them so I'm not sure <laughs> I like it I like it so much <laughs> I, I like it yeah. so much I don't own it yeah, exactly well, yeah I was kind of waiting to see <laughs> what they're going to turn out like <laughs> what kind of color they're going to get and such but you know mine are like just super Super blue, gray steel sides, you know, and real black on top. So they're very uh, exantic looking to them, you know. Um, 
I would yeah. love a pair of Inlands, but then that's another species of goddamn Morelia that I have to have kicking around here. <laughs> it, taking up space that could be filled with more coastal carbon pythons. It, it's so hard right now. <sighs> they're they're different, though. I mean, like, the whole head pattern and everything is just... I know. It's cool that way. You know, they've kind of got, like, the arrowhead head pattern and not, like, the, the skull crossbones kind of look. And when they get bigger, they get the big fat heads in, and they get some really cool lines through their eyes. And yeah, then striping on the neck and such. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really cool. My one female and from the pretty Mog line. Too. Yeah, my female from the Mog line. She has that rust that comes in, and I was lucky to get her. Um, yeah, yeah, she's pretty. See, that's the problem. Is I decide that I'm going to cut back on something. Like I was sitting here, I was sitting here, and I'm like, I have, <laughs> I have a pair of bread lie. And I have an extra female. You know what? I'm going to take it down to a pair of bread lie. And then this hobbit creature is like, here's a stone watch. And totally fucks my life Because then now i got to do stuff. And now we got to do that. Oh, so look now, how happy you are, though. That I, you got, right. Shut up. <laughs> shut up with your facts. So it's it's one of those things where it's like I imagine I'm be like, you know what? We've taken down the bread lie project to a little bit lower. We have some two extra bins. I'm not really going to fill them. And someone's going to be like, and Lynn's be like, damn it. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I don't know what I did to bread the eye, but they do not like me. There's something about <laughs> them, man. They just, I've, never, I've never had one that likes me. They absolutely despise me. Like my little hypo, I'm just like, hey, buddy. Whack. I'm like, dude, man, stop. You know? And it's, yeah, I had a really nice A for us before as well. And then she. He was just like a toll chainsaw, too. And I was like, what is it with these guys, man? They just do not like me. I think everybody, I'm starting a new theory. Everybody has one species of Morelia that they just either can't get, it doesn't get along with them, or is the bane of their existence. Like, you know, I'm talking to Riley, and he's like, I can't breed coastals. I'm like, what are you doing that's wrong? I can breed them with my eyes. <laughs> I cannot breed an IJ for the life of me. So there's that. It's like, you know, <laughs> I get it. It's okay. I think everybody's got one, unless you're All right. You know, <laughs> that's that's mine. I love them. I think they're great. They're, I mean, they're beautiful animals. Like this little hypo I got from Ralph is he's he's, he's gorgeous. You know, I'm like, I just wish he'd hopefully he'll he'll you know, we'll get on the same page someday. Yeah, I mean, I, I feed them, I keep them warm. <laughs> I, I, keep, I provide everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, gives you know, gives the love back. We're, we're winding down here a little bit, but before we jump off, I wanted to hit a little bit on Aki's. I mean, like, you know, what's your setup? What are you doing? I mean, like, you've had some really good success with these guys, right? Yeah, these uh, this one's been it's been a little honey hole with this this, this setup. My next door neighbor was a uh, cabinet maker, so he was over here having some beers, and I was like, "Can you build me a cage?" He's like, "Tell me what you want," and literally three days comes back with this big pack. It's like you can build a trial. Like I stack all my AP cages on top of it. The sense it's, it's it's great. So it's just you know a regular wood crate kind of deal with some sliding glass doors on the front. That's 48 inches wide, um, 24 inches deep, and 36 inches high. And I built the doors on the top top third of it basically. So the whole bottom third is basically just like a, a reservoir for all the the dirt and substrate that I keep in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just keep like like an organic soil, some place sand, and then some coat fiber and I kind of mix it up almost like vermiculite you know if you're going to do for your egg box where it's like damp and you can kind of squeeze it and still you know get a little bit of a clump out of it for their burrows um, and that seemed to work really well and I just do the same deal with the reed stacks where I, I use two by fours and tiles just bigger tiles I use like the 12 inch tiles okay 
Um, they put one spotlight on them with the uh, UVA, UVB bulb in there that's a heat lamp. And so the nice thing about the reeds is you can kind of just build it up higher and higher until you hit that, that spot that you want to get your temperature at. So these guys, I'm keeping like 100 degrees. And um, they I've got one pair. I picked up a, a male there. My male is actually rarer than my male. My female is actually from, um, it's got Captain Mark in Florida. That he imported some German reds, I guess, or something like that. So supposedly the, the red line Ackies, I mean, they, they've got some good color and the, you know, the traditional patterns for them and such. Um, so yeah, I've had good luck with them. I mean, they've been breeding. It's kind of crazy. So I've get, they start breeding on almost the exact, it's, it's really strange. It's just like, I've, I've kind of like, you know, the first year, like, oh, that's, Cool. I marked down when they first hmm. breeding, and the second year I'm like, wow, that's weird. That's within like 24 hours. And then this year it was the exact same date that they started breeding the year before. So they just, you know, I let them basically run the lights 12 on, 12 off. Um, and that way during the winter and stuff, they kind of just naturally cycle with what the room goes down to. So um, during the summertime, when it's warmer out, they have warmer nights. During the winter, they have cooler nights. And that's kind of the rule of thumb that I've been using for them. So I just kind of let the room, you know, do the cycling for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they start breeding, and then uh, when they start laying eggs, it's, it's exactly it's. I mean, they're laying within the same day every single year. Uh, first year, I got three clutches from them. The last two years, I've gotten uh, two clutches a year from those and, guys. And is it just a pair? It is just the pair. Yeah, okay. so I'm just keeping one point one together. They live, yeah, they live together. They have no issues fighting and such. That's awesome. Um, my male just hides out. I mean, he comes out in the morning. My female is always out basking and looking for food. The male is just kind of like. He doesn't care. He doesn't really care about me or anything like that. I mean, I, he hardly comes out for food. It's great, but he's fat. I'm like, I don't know how you're so big, dude. I don't feed you that much. <laughs> you know, nor does he come out. Like, you know, I'll toss him a fuzzy, and he'll come out and get one, like, every couple of days. And he's like, I'm good. And he just hangs out. He keeps getting bigger. So, uh, hmm. um, but it's kind of neat. So, yeah, so they'll get down, and she'll start. You'll see him get really big and fat. So, it's a good sign that, you know, they'll start digging a little bit. And then, and she's deflated. You're like, all right, well, that's a good sign. And you have to go in there and start kind of digging around. You can usually see where she's digging at. So it's pretty good clear where she's going to start dropping them at. Um, and she'll get down there and she'll be a good 12 inches down into the corner somewhere or underneath the you know, log somewhere. And you have to kind of excavate them out and dig them out and, um, and start pulling the eggs out. And then so it's kind of been averaging about 12, 15 eggs a clutch somewhere Damn. around there. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, I've, I've produced 25 babies this year and like I think 28 last year or something like that that so the year before wow. i think was 27 or something like that so yeah they just been going crazy so it's you know i think some people may get more clutches a year but i'm totally content being you know that's not babies exactly so i get the babies out and i just throw them in a sim container um set them up you know perlite on the bottom some water and i dial them in at about 85 degrees and it takes about 100 to 110 days to hatch out and right. um it's kind of crazy because they'll you know they'll pop their little head out you're like awesome they're coming and then they'll take them 10 days on all to come out they just one by one whenever they're ready they'll just come out huh so i usually leave them kind of like in the same container for a couple days and i'm like well maybe they'll stimulate the other ones you know be like i guess it's time but it doesn't seem that out <laughs> so <laughs> then i pull them out and i set up the babies exactly like the adults just like in a 20 long though instead um use the same substrate same reed stack same bulb same setup basically and i just you know start raising the babies up that way nice. um the nice part about them is for food 
improvise is great because you can you can mix it up with them so much. I mean, it's uh, feed a little uh, dubia to them, and I'll just target feed them. I just you know use a little tongue and go straight to them, and you can get calcium on there. Um, right. Chicken hearts are super cheap at the grocery store. Yes. Tray for like a dollar twenty-seven. Yep. And there's a bunch of them. So what I'll do is get the little snack pack. And I'll separate them into like you know four hearts per little bag, and then lay them out flat and freeze them. And the way you get a little serving size, and then you slice them up. Yeah, they're so cheap and they're, mm-hmm. they're great. They love them. Um, scrambled eggs, cooked ground turkey, um, and and rodents. You know, and whatever else, they'll eat pretty much anything. But so it's, it's kind of nice. So you don't have to. You don't get like stuck on like, well, I got to feed them this, and this is what they eat. You can just mix it up throughout the week, um, and. It, works out really well that way so you just don't get pigeonholed into being like only an insect eater or only a green beans eater or you know only a rodent eater so it, it's it's kind of funny it just make scrambled eggs for one and take a tray out there and they'll just go down there and chow yeah <laughs> yeah like it's brunch <laughs> time for brunch that's awesome that's really cool but yeah they're neat animals i think i'm gonna get in some kimberly rocks next is, is my next next game plan for those guys that's oh, cool. cool that would be cool yeah so that that does bring us to, uh, I guess, the closing questions, oh. um, which uh, <laughs> is. A, a, I always a, wanted to answer these. If uh. you, yeah, all right. Well, if you could go anywhere in the world and herp anywhere, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? I would like to. This is going to be a, a total. This is no one's ever said this before, but I'd like to go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> And? And, <laughs> and I would like to look for everything that they have to offer. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I, I don't know, I've got this weird kinship to, I've never been there. Personally, I don't really like flying a lot, so it would take a lot of drugs to get there, but I could probably make that, you know, talk to my doctor. Right. We can make that happen. Um, but yeah, I would just, it's something I'm just very intrigued in, in general. I actually play softball with a guy from, from Australia, so. I just, I must freak him out because I'm always like, dude, what's it like? Can you tell me about it? <laughs> and, you know, I just saw this story. I have some of you around. I have stuff to tell you. That's great, mate. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's probably like, about stuff. And it just turns out, yeah. He's, <laughs> like, he's, he's from Sydney. Like, he's he from the city. He is 100% <laughs> from Sydney. Completely from Sydney. And he's just. Nice. And I'm asking these questions, and I obviously don't know anything. So I'm like, "Really? That's right? Are you right?" <laughs> I know the barriers on that side, you know. And, uh, uh, or I'd be happy just, you know, yeah, I'll find nothing at all. Just like walking around and being like, "This is just feels good. To, this is cool," you know, and checking out and stuff. So uh, I've thought about every other place in the world. Like I just that's that's the place that I, you know someday it'll happen and get there. So yeah. Wheeling a drug, Brett off the plane like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> whatever he's here. Snake yeah. <laughs> he's got a snake hook and seven knife here. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the second question is: If you could own any reptile without any limitations, whether they be monetary or by law, what would yes. it be and why? <laughs> Easy one for me. Healers. Really. Cool. I'd like some. Yeah, I want. I want healers. I can't have them in an office. I'm saying, is that because know, one, my wife, have... my because my wife, and it's because of the state, yeah, the city laws, city ordinance. So I mean, I guess I could move the family just to get healers. I'm not sure that happens. She's uh, she's a little lie. You're moving the family. Like you yeah. can't be like we have to move, honey. I want healers. Right. <laughs> I can just tell her they're like there's 
salamanders in Boston, you know, I'd be like, this is what they are. You're fine. Yeah. But, yeah, you're or good. my friend Chad Foops <laughs> up in Wisconsin, he, uh, he, had, he was breeding helas, and we went to his house one time, and he just, like, put one on the floor, and my wife was, like, climbing the wall to get it. She's like, oh, my God, and it had his mouth open and stuff, you know, and I was like, dude, you just ruined this for me. Forever. Now, why? Why did, you, <laughs> why, why did you, why did you, you're so helpful right now. Yeah, exactly. I was on a good roll with these, but, yeah, helas, man, like, that's something that eventually i'd love to set up a nice display for those guys and they're just you know southwest american icons for you know i think they're just they're cool and get some nice nice uh pattern ones some good banded ones or something like that with some nice yeah. color to them and that's that they're on the they're on the list for a lifetime at some point yeah cool well all right brett why don't you throw out anything for contact info how would people get a hold of you if they want to talk shop buy some rough scales all that other kind of stuff how would they get in contact with um well on facebook you know just under bender or fieldstone i think it's fieldstone herpiculture uh, um or fieldstone herps and then also i usually i'm on instagram a lot more than i am on facebook just facebook right. kind of turning me the wrong direction minus the whole reptile thing right I need to, it's just, it's a bit much. So yeah, Instagram, it's uh, Fieldstone underscore herpiculture. Uh, I think if you just, yeah, search up Fieldstone, it should pop up. So I'm, I'm pretty much on there daily for the most part, trying to post stuff up and such. And Instagram's great. Um, I'd start selling over Morph Market as well, too. So I've got some Ackies up for sale on Morph Market. And uh, that's been a big help. I mean, I, I was completely blown away. Like, I mean, and the amount of sales that have come in through Morph Market. So that's a good sign. Nice. All yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for coming on and talking shop and, you know, taking me to rough scale school. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I hope, you know, you and Eric will probably be the ones that will have the worst time of me breeding the rough scales for the first time, because I'll ask you questions and then I'll complain to him. So it'll just be like a circle. Like you guys are hate me. Yeah. Hate me. So uh, I've got, you know, I can, I can listen to, so, you know, I'm okay. here for you. I'm here Good. for you the whole time. Have, all right. <laughs> weekly meetings. All right. <laughs> yes. Several hours. All right. Clear your schedules. So, all right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> awesome. Cool guys. Well, thank you so much. That was a good time. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Okay. So we'll catch up with you a little later and, uh, you know, you come back on when you talk about your, uh, pied ruffies. All right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll prove them out. Yeah, please, no. Perfect. <laughs> please, no. All right, we'll talk to y'all soon. All right, All thanks, right, Brett. Thanks, See Brett. <sighs> okay. That All was right. fun, dude. I, I love that kind of stuff, and I love the cool. the whole roughy thing, so. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That, went, that went all right? Yeah, I was a little nervous at first, but then I. No, you're good. No, it was good. guys, like, throughout the day today, and I was like, I thought, you know, listen to you a bit. I had a nice beer here, too. I don't know what this one is. No, be the, <laughs> be the brown ale. It's got a crazy black dog like my dog on it. So I'm like, oh, that's a good sign. Whatever. It's got an, if it's got an animal on it, you're good. So right. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how I purchased it. Right. Yep. Everything well, pretty much. <laughs> cool deal. All right. So you can, cool. you can, you can cool, jump cool. off because then we're going to close out and then okay. uh, you're yeah. good to go. All right, dude? Cool. All right, man. Sounds good, man. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. Better, Brett, too. All right, thanks. Take care. Bye. All right. All right, so he's off? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. All right, I wasn't expecting him to still be on. <laughs> no, that's cool. We can edit that. I can edit that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. We can do that now. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I always forget, you know? I know. I always forget. All right, so um, right. I guess we Hold start, on. Pause. started it yeah, up like we were, yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, that was uh, was awesome episode. I hope you got your rough scale fix there, Owen. Never I hope that it's, you ne- are. No, it's <laughs> never enough. Okay, never enough. It's, how dare you? Right. It's, um, but no, it was really cool. It was really cool to see that kind of stuff forming, and, and you know, obviously. On the surface, it's like Brett just got ruppies, Brett bred ruppies. And like you found out, it's like he had two boys, he had to get a girl. It was a long shot anyway. And, and, you know, it just happened to work out. And that's awesome. So, you know, hopefully he starts building up a nice little group. um, Because then when the market crashes, it'll just be me and Brett and then maybe a few other people that have the ruppies. And then you guys all come back. So, you know. That's right. <laughs> I've been holding out, man, but you know, I know, I, mean, I know. I keep, is, uh, I keep failing you, and you know, yeah. it's like something. It's constant, like where you're like, I gave you all this shit, and you can't breed anything. <laughs> I know, I know. Damn you! <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying so hard. I know. All right. Well, hopefully this is the year. Wow, if you could breed olive pythons and rough scales in one year, and oh, olive dude. pythons, rough scales, womas, crebos, don't like, get crazy. Don't get I'm, crazy. I'm going <laughs> nuts, dude. I'm going insane. There's no stopping me. Right. You'll be jazzed from that trip. I'm telling you, it's gonna it's gonna put good uh, karma your way. Good hurt oh, karma. Okay. All good. right. All right. So, all right. So let's let's get this going, and we'll get rolling out of here. So, like I said, next week uh, we are going to be joined by our good friend Scott Eep. Hyper. 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 Yeah, it's hyper. <laughs> it's my Philly accent. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> our good friend Scott, he's going to be coming on, and he's going to be uh, talking about uh, herping northern or northern territory of Australia. He's going to do sort of a. A pre-show trip, uh, our trip coming at the end of October. Oh my God, um, that's soon. <laughs> so it's very close. Uh, so he's going to give us a rundown of the species that we could encounter, what the what the habitats like, what the microhabitats like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe some tips uh, to try to find these. And who knows? Maybe, maybe. I mean, he, I, I don't think. I think this is the one python that he hasn't found. So oh, if, oh, oh, if yeah, so when I was on my magical mystery tour with Rob and we were talking about uh, Owen Pelly pythons and maybe finding it in the wild, I mean, if we were able to find a wild Owen Pelly python, I think we would probably be one of the only people in the U.S. that have actually seen a wild Owen Pelly python. I don't, I don't think that there's... That's, I, feel so un, I feel so sorry for her, the culture... That right. we're that we're the guys that are going to do this. Like right. I, I apologize. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we're getting a little cocky. I get it, but you know, I, I you understand. Know, but if like if it know. does happen, if it does happen, I'm sorry. We apologize I, in advance. I, I, I know it, it should be better people. Right. Like you know, it's we didn't write any books. We're not. We 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 tell you all the time. We're not experts. It's like right. I, I'm sorry. So yeah, but we are with Keith and Rob. So. True. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like exactly. We're gonna have to just give it to Keith McPeak and Rob, and then you and I are gonna have to be behind the camera. What like if it's we you? There. What, what if it's you that finds it? I mean, oh, well, then, you know, then, I mean, you're no, selling yourself no, short. No, but we, we what if you're want, the guy? We don't oh want. God. We don't. No, we don't want people to rage quit snakes because I've done something. Okay, <laughs> like. People teeter on the edge of me forcing them to quit, like yeah, all the time. So yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, it'll be great. 
So I'm anyway, waiting, I'm waiting for people to buy the like my mug and your mug from the store and just get constant videos of them smashing mine. Right. So like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I'm not going to announce who it is, but let me just say that, you know, yeah. um, we did have Richard Shine on the show way back yes. in the day. Yeah. And we have the possibility of getting somebody that's on, on equal that playing level. field yeah. on that level to come on the show um, that will that will be amazing if it happens. So we're working on it. Yes, that mm-hmm. should be very very cool if if this can happen. So once again, Scott, he's gonna he's gonna see if he can make it happen. And I did get confirmation um, while we were doing the show that uh, so it looks good. So he said okay. yes. All so right. that should be cool. All right. So for cool. us, MoreyPythonRadio.net uh, is uh, where you can go um, and uh, check out all we have going on. Um, for right now, that's eventually it's going to be .net.com. It's all going to be the same, but our real actual site that's going now is .net. So MoreyPythonRadio.net. From there, you can click over to our um, our store, if you will, the NPR store, uh, where you can see some of the uh, T-shirts and coffee mugs and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, cell phone cases and all that kind of stuff that we will have. Uh, so you can go and check that out. Um, and then um, uh, and the link to that will be in the show description. Uh, so you can click on that. Um and then you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, either one of those. Um, and as for myself, ebmorelia.com. Uh, um, and my email is eric at ebmorelia. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So that's all I got. All right, cool. What you, I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Check out all the stuff we got going on at Rogue. Uh, there are several animals available, but I am running out because people are seem to be scooping them up before we get into the fall. Um, so if you're interested in anything, let me know. Uh, the bread lie will not be ready for months, so don't even contact me about them. <laughs> <It's> like, <don't laughs> even, I'll let you know when they are ready. Um, right. So uh, there's that. Um, obviously, I'm going to put some links up on uh, Rogue's website to take you to the NPR store as well. So you can check that stuff out there. You can also check out Rogue Reptiles on Facebook and on Instagram at Rogue underscore Reptiles. Uh, see all the stuff we got going on there. Uh, I will say that that is all we have for you tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening. And we're going to check everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Mary, show me that riff. Okay. Okay.